This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the Top Roast Podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now our new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Are you tired of prediction shows? Do you want to fantasy book the companies? Does Bigfoot even really exist? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then check out the podcast that isn't a podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the standing streamer stands and delivers as he and Vanessa talk about all that's going on in pro wrestling today. Plus, see in-depth conversations with people in and around the wrestling world as guests share their stories and insights about making it in the business. The Putting You Over Podcast. Putting your weeknights over every Tuesday and Thursday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go we... way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books. We're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast. That's B R O. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ending. Yeah, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet. There's something there for everyone. These guys cover local Chicago indie scene, and all of their episodes can be found at twoheelsandaface.com. The number two heelsandaface.com Hey everyone, my name is referee Tony S and this is Heat, the wrestling podcast. Like you first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan and for nearly two decades I've maintained law and order inside the squared circle in New England and throughout the country, working with some of the best and brightest from wrestling's past, present, and future. Now, I bring my authoritative tell-it-like-it-is style to the podcast world. Join me each week as we go through all the major headlines from the global companies, independents, and in-between. 
and most importantly, the women will receive the coverage and headlines they truly deserve as they'll empower the second half of the show. Plus, I'll introduce you to my friends and colleagues within all forms of wrestling and entertainment, answer your questions, anything goes, no holds, well, questions barred, and throw in some fun surprises along the way. Get ready for the spark that fuels the flame. Listen on Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another Tuesday night edition of the Front Row Material brand. My name is Mike Freeland. We are brought to you, as always, by the MLW Radio Network. You can check out all of our podcasts. If you head on over to MLWRadio.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, FM Player, Deezer. You name it, we are there. It's a, it's a podcast. It's absolutely free. No charge whatsoever. We'll never ask you for money. Maybe a note from your mom to it because there's parental reasons for that but other than that it is a fun wrestling podcast if you know anyone who enjoys wrestling podcasts definitely let them know send them the link say hey guess what you want to listen to a little show for a couple hours once a week go ahead and listen to these two guys i think you'll enjoy yourself once again we're the front row material brand you can find us anywhere fine podcasts are made available all right with that being said let's go ahead without any further ado he is my brother from the north we affectionately refer to him as the ass man but his legal name is the Butster. Christopher Butt, what's going on, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing well, Mike. How are you? I'm good. I am good. It's weird here in Cincinnati. The temperatures the last uh, several weeks were like, you know, 60s. And I think we even pumped out a an 80 at one point. It was ridiculous. And now the last couple of days, uh, 20s, 30s, and snow. So once again, you, you just don't know when it comes to the, the month of March. Yeah, we're about a, we're probably the thirty-two to thirty-six here lately, right at that freezing point. Do you still have snow on the ground, or is that gone by now? Oh no, lots of snow, man, lots of it. Probably looks like the holidays. We just had a big snowstorm uh, a week ago. We got about a foot of snow. Jeez, oh, Pete's. Okay. I feel like living in Canada, four-wheel drive is is a must. Am I correct in that? It'd be smart, like. We have all-wheel drive, Lynn and I both do. I wouldn't have a vehicle without it. Yeah. I, I changed In some my... provinces, you need to have snow tires by law. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I know at one point in upstate New York, they used to have, uh, you have to have the chains on your tires. But I think they determined that that caused a lot of damage to like the road and that kind of thing. So now I think just improved and evolved snow tires but if you don't have them i guess you can what be ticketed i guess so ontario doesn't have it it's a quebec next province over nice uh in ontario to give you a break on your insurance if you have winter tires nice well hopefully when does it typically start getting warmer for where you're at like what would you say Uh, mid-april you turn the corner about the end of the month couple more weeks we'll start on the right side nice very nice yeah i think a lot of us are officially ready to put the winter months behind us i agree i like winter but enough's enough now let's go amen to that um so many things to talk about in the wrestling world and the first thing i actually want to start off with here is willie hobbs Good old Willie Hobbs. So for those of you just kind of catch you up on this story. So 
Will Hobbs had won the face of the revolution uh, ladder match a couple weeks ago on um, Dynamite. So he was then going to the following Wednesday after the pay-per-view was going to face whoever the TNT champion was. So you had Samoa Joe, who was the current reigning TNT champion. He was going to face Wardlow. And they had this big buildup of, you know, Wardlow, Samoa Joe, Joe cut Wardlow's hair. That was the connection to Wardlow's father. There was all these things. And you really weren't quite sure what was going to happen. But the Butster and I, and I think a lot of other wrestling fans, realize that AEW really painted themselves in a corner because you've got Samoa Joe as the champion. If you're going to make Willie Hobbs the face of it, wouldn't it just make more sense for Samoa Joe to beat Wardlow and then go on to have a match with Will Hobbs and then drop it directly to Will? Well... That didn't exactly happen. The pay-per-view, uh, Wardlow ends up beating Samoa Joe in a, in a very unique ending. Like I think the crowd was kind of surprised. Um, he choked him out, so Wardlow was your champion. But I don't know if this was part of a storyline or not, but Wardlow's uh, rental car got broken into. His bags, his gear, and the TNT Championship belt was taken. So there is some speculation that Wardlow losing the belt to Will Hobbs after 72 hours might have been some form of punishment or maybe as AEW likes to say that was part of their long-term plan but Will Hobbs is now the TNT champion uh thanks to QT Marshall and uh, we're going to talk a little about QT Marshall he's got a big segment that's going to be coming up on Wednesday night to explain himself but but we we talked about this Joe versus Wardlow Probably not the best idea. Uh, Will Will Hobbs cashing in right now? Probably not the best idea. However, they went bing, bang, boom right in a row and decided to put all this together. So Joe loses the belt to Wardlow, which we kind of figured. But then 72 hours later, Wardlow loses the belt to Will Hobbs. Some people are saying right now, hey, yet another game of hot potato with the TNT Championship, and it's really lost its luster. So... I guess in this situation, if you're really going to push Will Hobbs, you want to put the belt on him. But that means now you're pretty much in some ways giving up on Wardlow because now you've killed Wardlow's momentum. If you were Tony Khan, um, you know, you're, you're moving on with Willie Hobbs, but what are we doing with Wardlow here? I mean, what, what the hell is going on and what do you do? After you are in this debacle, how do you rectify this if it's even possible? This whole thing was not good. To put it mildly, not good. Uh, Wardlow, you want to be one of your stars. And I guess Will Hobbs is they're envisioning as a future star. But now you buried him. You, Very much you, so. You buried Wardlow. He had the title for 72 hours. Yeah, like, I, I get your transitional champions, but sweet baby Jesus, 72 hours, that's a bit uh that's a bit much. Like we can do better. Like that didn't pan out good. Uh, I don't know how well, I just don't know how they're gonna fix it. You know, you weren't gonna have Warlow go over Joe now with the build up there. Is that they hundred percent like we said last week? And we said off the air, they, they just pooched themselves on this one. Very much. There's no good way to come out of it. I don't think it was a matter of Wardlow getting punished. 
because there's no way they're going to have Hobbs cash in the life preserver, the golden life preserver, <laughs> and lose. This that is true. That wouldn't make any so sense. You know he was going to win. Correct. This was not a good look. Okay, so now Hobbs is your champion, which is cool. I'm not opposed to Hobbs being a champion. I think Please he's, don't take that. he's good. Yes. Oh, 100% he's good. It's just this helps him, no doubt. I mean, he went over Wardlow. However, you just crucified Wardlow. Yeah. Now Wardlow's gone down, so he he's wrestling for the championship. He's beaten Joe. Joe's probably going to go to Ring of Honor, most likely. Right. I mean, that's only a matter of time for he's going to be Ring of Honor ex- exclusive. So now Wardlow is he's dropped down a couple notches for a guy who's been pretty important to AEW. He's been in some real good storylines. And now he's you know, playing second fiddle. Uh, I don't know. The whole thing just didn't pan out well. They need to pray that Will Hobbs has a good championship run. I agree. If his run goes to shit, oh my God, what did you do? So now you buried Wardlow. You know, you gave Hobbs a chance, which he deserves, 100% deserves. But you give Joe's him a chance gone. and it doesn't pan out. Joe's most likely in Ring of Honor. It just makes that title look, uh, dare I say, almost irrelevant. It, uh, no, you're right. That's a good. There's no real significant value to that title if you're just going to bounce it around this much. Correct. If 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 it's not held, it shows that there's no dominant champion. Therefore, it doesn't retain the value. It just gets bounced around over and over, and it's just not a good look for the title. Hobbs, uh, in my definitely not expert opinion, but Hobbs needs to hold this title for a while. Mm-hmm. He needs to look good doing it. Has needs to have a great title run to make it relevant again. That's what they need to do with this. I just don't know if he can because he's an unproven commodity when it comes to championships. Hobbs is very good. Very, very good. No doubt. I, I just hope this title reign works out or they screwed this up bad. Yeah, I, I, you know, and I don't want to act like, and I know a lot of podcasts, they play armchair quarterback and they say, well, this should have happened and that should have happened. Listen, at the end of the day, but we've been watching pro wrestling for a very, very long time. And there's one thing that we've kind of figured out about pro wrestling with a few exceptions. Pro wrestling is pretty predictable. Who's going to win? Who's going to lose? Who's going over? Who's not? Like it's, it's pretty self-explanatory now if if we take this back a little bit you know Wardlow was very very over and that momentum really stalled after mm-hmm. he was gone for a while he comes back if you're going to try to rev him back up you know he, he gets the belt back on him the the Wardlow chants need to start coming back they really need to get that that gusto going unfortunately his legs was cut out before that could even happen. And he beats Samoa Joe, which is supposed to be monumental. But then 72 hours later, he loses to uh, Willie Hobbs. That's not good. 
I'm really starting to wonder. At some point, yes, he's going to rebound from this to some degree. To what? I don't know. What do you do when you've had so much momentum? Do you have Wardlow go on a tear? Do you have Wardlow all of a sudden uh, team up with someone, uh, have an alliance with someone? Do you feel like maybe they need to change the Wardlow thing up a little bit? Or do you think, no, let's stay the course, let's have him stay a singles guy and try to rebuild him up as a monster? Or have him feud with Willie Hobbs and maybe see if they can kind of catch a little momentum there. I mean, what do, what do you, how do you work that out? No more factions. Don't put them in a faction for the love of God, please. No, there's, there's enough in that bracket. Uh, there's no point in making him a, a tag wrestler. Uh, I don't see the significant value to that. Leave him as a singles guy. But where do you go with him now? You're probably going to have him um, feud with QT Marshall. Yeah, no, I can see that is, happening. Is that yeah. where you see that going? Wait, I could see QT that. QT Marshall's yeah. good. I don't think he gets the respect he deserves. He's damn good. So I think they could have a good program. The only thing is, is QT going to have his 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 faction with him? Because that, that more or less got done away with, but I don't know how they're going to go on that route. If to go with the faction, QT Marshall's with his academy. Well, then obviously Warlow's got to be in line with somebody. He's not going to be one man against five or six or eight, whatever the hell it was. Yep. But then we're going to need to create another faction where you're getting all these wrestlers to put him. And then, no, I just, I just don't think that's the answer there. Uh, him and QT straight up, that I'm all for. 100% I'm all for that. I just don't want to see another faction. I don't want to see him in a tag team. Uh, if, if you go that route, you could have some good matches. I think you could have some solid matches. It's, you don't have a lot of options right now for Wardlow. No, you don't. Realistically, for storytelling, you're going to go with two guys. Hobbs or Marshall. Mm-hmm. That's it. You're not just going to have him randomly tomorrow night feud with a, a hook or or Christian Cage or or because it just doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. There's no rhyme or reason to it. So there's right. really two answers. Right. Unless you want to go, I don't know. Joe comes out and mocks him for losing the belt after 72 hours. I know that's a stretch. I know it's weak. There have been worse ideas. This is true. Right? That I mean, the chance of that happening is next to nothing, but it is an option. Mm-hmm. But in all reality, it's, you got two choices right now. And I don't think you're going to have him go against Hobbs because you're not going to have Wardlow lose again. But you're not going to have Wardlow beat Hobbs right now either. That just, that just makes everything worse. Mm-hmm. So the logical choice is him and Marshall, and he goes over Marshall. Marshall doesn't care. It's not like he's in the title picture. Not that he's not, once again, not that he's not good. He's damn good, but that's just not his cup of tea. Right. Right. So I think that's where you're going to go with this. But Wardle's got to look strong. He does. He needs to look strong. If he just barely goes over Marshall, you, you kill him. You bear cut him. Let him go. 
and let him reinvent himself and let him come back as an ass kicker. Because you'll never be able to get him back to where he should be. Or I shouldn't say never, but you'll be. it's a long road to get him back to where he should be if you don't have him absolutely crush QT Marshall. Marshall can get some wins in, but he's got you by cheating. He cannot yeah. go over, over Wardlow clean. That just cannot happen. Do you think that they could string something out until the next pay-per-view, which is in May? Or halfway through March? Do you oh, think yeah. They- For sure. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's of- only... What are you talking? Six shows? Eight shows, I guess? Roughly, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can string something out. Um, I, I just find it to be interesting. Like, you know, when it comes to the TNT Championship, which which really was intended to be very prestigious. It was basically it's if we're making the comparison of AEW to WCW, which a lot of people do. It was their version of the TNT or the TNT, the TB. Or, wow, the television Again, championship. Ah, oh, the television championship. So when we think about people who were TV champion in WCW, you know Arn Anderson clearly, and we're going to talk about Arn later on the show. Um, for sad reasons, but yes. he was he was a dominant television champion, and I felt like the television championship meant something in in WCW early to maybe I would say ninety four ninety five, and then really kind of after that things fell by the wayside. And I don't want to see the same thing happen with the TNT championship because I think it definitely has legs to it, and it's a good mid card title, but. If you disrespect the title, then it basically really makes it irrelevant. Like, I hate to say this, but the FTW championship is just a little below right now the TNT championship. And and for all of you know this, the FTW championship is just a made-up championship by a wrestler. It's not even a sanctioned belt. It's I don't know why, but it's just one of those deals. So I feel like you're right. We're going to go with, he's going to feud with QT Marshall. Hopefully this will at some point lead to something. And maybe this will lead to, what is it, double or nothing? This is in May. You sure it's double or nothing in May? Uh, don't quote me here. So let me get the, the AEW pay-per-views up here. Uh, pay-per-view schedule. So what else would it be? Um Let's see. Double. And for the love of God, let's get rid of Battle of the Belts. No. I don't need to see another Battle of the Belts. Well, they're going to have a St. Patrick's Day slam. Which... May 28th. Double or nothing. <laughs> see? I was right. Could you make something with Battle of the Belts? I know we're gone off the rails already. But could um, you make something out of that? You mean out of the, out of the name of the show, out of the show, or yes, like make it to where it's something relevant, as opposed I mean, to just this is clearly is. the Clash of the Champions version for AEW. I don't know. I mean, I hate to say definitively, Battle of the Belts is going to be a, a, a bummer show no matter what, but. Man, they got to put something out there that makes it really interesting because, unfortunately, just from a fan's perspective, and I know I'm jaded in a lot of ways, but 
I've never seen a really solid Battle of the Belts. Have you? No. This song, I mean, we all know my memory's atrocious, but I can't think of one good match that was on Battle of the Belts. I'm sure there have been. I am not speaking ill of AEW. You know I love AEW. But nothing's popped into my head like, wow, do you remember match so-and-so? Nothing comes to my head. Well, that's typically how they uh, how they gauge whether or not uh, you know a event is memorable. Is if you can look back in the lineage of said um, event and go back and say, "Oh yeah, there was this uh, this year, and and this one was on this year," but you can't really do that because there's nothing that really stands out to me that says, you know, this was a monumental match. But um, anyway, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I do agree with the Butster that it will most likely be QT Marshall feuding with uh, Wardlow, hopefully leading up to something that would be happening at Double or Nothing uh, in May. But depending on how well that uh, feud goes, they could end up killing it early if, uh, if it's not working out, and that would therefore take place at Battle of the Belts. So... Let's talk a little bit about what's uh, going to be, since we're speaking of AEW, let's talk about what's going to be happening on AEW this week. Uh, AEW TBS Championship um, is going to be Jade, Jade Cargill versus a mystery opponent. Uh, AEW World Trios Championship, it's going to be in a three-way dance. The House of Black versus the Elite versus Jericho Appreciation Society. AEW newly branded International Championship. Orange Cassidy takes on Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Uh, John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, Wheeler Yuta versus Hangman and a page evil Uno and Canadian Stu Grayson is making his return to AEW, even if it's just for one night. MJF gets rebar mitzvahed, uh, which I'm not really sure exactly what that means, but I'm quite sure we'll find out. QT Marshall presents the first edition of QTV. Uh, and then we will hear from the outcasts as what they are being referred to. Ruby Soho, Tony Storm, and Soraya. All of that's going to be happening uh, from the Canada Life Center, which is in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. It'll be taking place at 8 p.m., 7 p.m. Central, only on TBS. All right. Um, so many things we're talking about here. But what I will say is Canada is, in my opinion... There are some places that are just synonymous with great wrestling. And I don't think you go wrong anywhere in Canada when it comes to pro wrestling. People love it, and they come out with their cheering boots on. They're loud. They're ruckus. They have a good time. Well, they're not ruckus. They're Canadian. Um, <laughs> they're very they're very polite. Um, but, but they're a, a great crowd. And, you know... But the butt and I have talked about this, and I agree 100% with the butt. AEW, if you're listening, you've got to lower those damn prices. The ticket prices just, are just ridiculous. It's dumb. And I have no problem if, if Lynn and I are going to go have a, a night out or something. And just like you and Meg, you know, if you're going to have a night out, you don't mind spending to a point. Right. But what tickets for AEW was in Toronto? Was just criminal. I have no idea why it is in uh in Winnipeg. Well, I mean it's it's far away, so I didn't bother to look. But you got to make prices reasonable. I agree. 
Like, I get it. This is their first run in Canada. Well, I guess it'd be the third short. They did Winnipeg once, didn't they? I believe they did Toronto and now Winnipeg again. But, you know, you can't try to sell these tickets for top dollar all the time. You just can't because the novelty is going to wear off. I think it was going to be like a grand or 800 bucks for us to go see it in Toronto. A lot of money, Mike. Who's doing that? It is a lot of money. And I just, and here's the other part that I have a problem with. They're, they're, they're doing half houses and it's like, they're tarping stuff off. Okay. Let's say for example, you low, you restructure some of your ticket prices. You could tarp off a hell of a lot less. How about you do $10 tickets or how about you do $25 tickets and may front row, maybe $50 tickets. But it's just, I feel like it's just so bloody expensive and it just, it keeps getting worse. And, and I get it. I mean, I'm not a businessman here by any stretch of the imagination. So I'm sure Tony knows the, the money and all that kind of stuff differently. But I don't know if you want to pack the house, a, you got to have reasonable prices and you got to give people a product that they, that they're really interested in. Um, so I don't I'm mind on- for first row 250. Doesn't bother me. What first row, second row, two hundred fifty a seat. I can deal with that. I'm not saying it's great, but it's not god awful bad. But when I was looking for Toronto, I think it was second bowl. I believe it wasn't even floor seats. I believe there are second bowl seats. That's a bit rich. Okay, so. This is what we're looking at right now, and this is the arena itself. If you're wanting to follow me, I'm, this is called TicketSales.com. This is for All Elite Wrestling. Um, let's see here. March, Wednesday, March the 15th. So this is what we have right here. So um, in this venue, the Canada Life Center in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Section 224, which is row 7, it's 31 bucks a piece. Okay. Uh, let's see here. So let's see. Where's sec? I'm looking at the picture here. Two twenty four. Okay. So you're 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 up there. Um, let's see where else. Let's see. Thirty two dollars. Thirty two dollars. Okay. Let's see if we're really wanting to get really good seats. What are we looking at? Because I don't know how big this damn place is. I used to be called the MTS. It's not a big arena. Okay. Um, a full house for hockey. Uh, that's how we judge everything here in Canada, of course. Right. But a full arena for hockey, I think it's like 12,000, which is a pretty small arena. Still not a bad crowd. No, but a lot of NHL arenas. But hockey, hockey's are, huge. Yeah, you're getting 17,000 full house. Wow. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's see. I'm looking here. I'm trying to see the best prices that we can find. Um, Section 121, which is floor seats. You're looking at 136. No, I take that back. I take that back. Wait wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Section 121, row 11. Yes, you're right. Floor seats. 703. Who? 
Who does doing that? Um, if you want to sit row twelve, you're talking six hundred and eighty-seven dollars. Now I, I see. I don't know. Is this? I'm on TicketSales.com. I don't know if this is like a broker dealer where it's like. Well, I'm on Ticketmaster right now. Okay. So what do we got here? Section 120, row two. So that's not bad. 211 a seat. That's Jesus, oh, Pete. You know, I jump on that. You're also, you're also much, you're much more financially successful than I would say the average person is. And I'm oh, and, like, are you shitting me? You, you are. Um, good God, I, I'm just, I'm, my mind boggled by this. I mean, holy snot! Like, no, for for something special, two hundred seat is not. Terrible. No, you're not going to do it every weekend. I'm not anyhow. I better be seeing Celine Dion, who I love, and she's Canadian too, I believe. From Montreal. Um, if if you want to look at some of these prices, guys, um, just just in arenas in general, uh, TicketSales.com, and the phone number is eight 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 seven two nine forty seven eighteen. So we, we so this is called the Canada Life Center in Winnipeg, Manitoba. What did you say it was previously called? I think it was called the MTS Center or MTS Arena or something like that. Okay. Hit button eye up on uh, Twitter. Let us know what is the the most you've ever paid for tickets for a either WWE or AEW or WCW or let's just say wrestling in general. What is the most you've ever paid? Um, because I can tell you right now. WrestleMania tickets can't even. We'll we'll look those prices up later on in the show. But that's, I'm sure that's that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. You're selling a car to basically go to WrestleMania. What's the most you've ever spent, Freeland? Uh this was back in the '90s. So basically, the heyday of like the NWO and all that stuff when WCW was going on. Um. I don't know, like fifty some odd bucks, bro. But I, I mean, I was not to go to to a independent show. But 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 I was, I could have retiled the ceiling to the to the arena. I was that high up. I See, mean, I sit there. I mean, uh, Hawksworth could have got a hold of me because I was donating so much blood. Um, because I know I did. A, I went to see a show here. It was part of a convention. Uh, who was there? Tommy Dreamer, Billy Gunn. Brett Hart, Tugboat, uh, Jimmy Hart, Jimmy Corderas, uh, Tully, Blanchard, and Lex Luger, Hornswoggle. Um, I know I'm missing a couple. Oh, Mark Henry was there. I was part of it, part of the convention. Nice. Uh, so you got in, you got to see all of them, get your picture taken and stuff like that. And then you got your seat for the show that evening. I think I paid three or maybe three fifty for that. Well, wait a minute. You got your picture taken. Was it a Polaroid type of deal? Get your picture taken with your phone. 
With your phone. Okay, so you get your picture taken with all of those stars. So I'm assuming yep. you get to shake their hand and meet them. Yep. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and tickets for that night. I mean, that's a and pretty tickets for that. And you got a autographed picture of each each of the guys too. That's well worth it. Oh yeah, that guy. I didn't have an issue spending spending that. That's well. Once worth again, it. you're not going to do it every weekend. But no, that's a you know for something like that, you go for it. Amen. Um. Speaking of AEW, here's another topic I want to want to talk to you about, and I want to get your opinion. And I have a feeling I know what your thoughts are on this, but you know what? Let's go ahead and let's just talk about it. Um, Paul White, formerly oh, known as formerly known as the Big Show. No, he is definitely not Jesus, uh, and he's not even Jesus in a wrestling ring. Uh, let's talk about Paul White for a second before I kind of go into the situation with Paul because it's a situation. Um, what, what's your thoughts on when you look at his career in its totality, meaning when he was the giant in WCW, and then obviously he went over and um, was actually Paul White in the beginning when he first came out uh, in WWF, and then they changed his name to Big Show, and then obviously all the iterations that he's had ever since then. What really stands out to you is is when you think of Paul White, the big show, give me five words that you think of when you when you think of him. Um, dropkick. Made the dropkick in WCW for a man, that giant to do it. It was amazing. Yes. Um, he's funny. He is. Right? So you get the entertainment value. Ah. Uh, Overrated a little bit. Okay. Do you think he's a Hall of Famer at the end of the day? Uh, Dude, if you're putting some of these guys in. Do I think he is? No. Do I think he'll get in? Yes. Okay. I don't personally think he is. There are people I would put him for. You want to put Ahmed Johnson in? No. No, in the whole he concept, was, he that's was like, over like Rover. Back I don't care. First of all, he must have had a third testicle because his voice was so deep, right? I he's I couldn't hear what he was saying, but I just I don't know. When I think of Ahmed Johnson, I don't necessarily think of there was a moment, and maybe I'm wrong. Was there an Ahmed? Did he have a moment? Not a WrestleMania moment, just a moment. Like when it was like, holy crap, Ahmed Johnson just surprised the shit out of me and did something really cool. Probably not. Probably not. It was cool when he was with the Road Warriors. They did a lot to try to work with the Road Warriors. I mean, they had they had uh Heidenreich. Draws, Heidenreich, yes, Ahmed, Sonny. Jeez, elite. But, but no, when you think of Paul White, I mean, let me ask you. I personally think Paul White's best work he did in pro wrestling was as the giant in WCW. Mm-hmm. I think him be, being part of the um, the Dungeon of Doom, as corny as that was, he was, but he was a good heel. And he was a monster with that crazy hair he had. And he was in shape. 
and how much he hated Hogan. He went after Savage and the way he just, he handled all of those guys. And he was legitimately feared. He was a very intimidating guy. And then I felt like when he went over to WWF, it was like, yeah, he's, he's okay. He's, I see him more of an attraction than I see him being in the caliber of somebody the company is going to get behind and push super, super hard. And that just didn't really seem to happen. Yeah, he was WWF champion at one point. But I just, I don't know. I just never got the feeling that WWF was as committed to him as WCW was. And I wonder if that's because he wasn't a WWF homegrown original. There could be something to that. He he did get booked, I don't know, hokey. I don't know if that's right or not. Like him and Ray. At the time, he had Ray strapped to the to the stretcher board, and, and he was using a baseball balls. bat. Yeah, but he also lost to Ray. Correct. Did he not lose the title to Ray? Uh, I don't know what he did, but he did lose. He ended up he lost to Ray. Yes, that's where I I'm like, okay, the Giants legit seven foot tall. I actually met him in person. He is legit seven foot tall. He's a giant, but he is a giant, giant man. I mean. I don't know what he was weighing then. He had to be 350, yeah. 400 pounds. Big, big man. Right. I'm losing to Rey Mysterio, and I like Rey Mysterio, and I get that it's wrestling, but it's got to be somewhat believable. It has to be believable. I mean, David and, versus Goliath can't happen all the time. You know, I'm going to see that like, eh, I don't know. That's, that's kind of hokey there. I mean, he did the stuff with Rikishi. When he was in the the Rikishi cool. thong thing, like, I mean, he was good. He was entertaining. He was entertaining. Yeah. I'm just not sure. By the time he got to WWF, I maybe not didn't get booked the greatest. And I think he was slowing down a little bit because, well, he's a great big man. He had some aches and pains, and when you're that big. You think your knees gotta hurt, your back's gotta hurt, your hips, your ankles, stuff like that. Carrying around a big load. Right? So I don't know if that's what it is. He just, towards the end, he couldn't really do it anymore. You see him now, he has a hard time walking. And I'm not making light of it. I, I don't like it at all. It's sad, but like, oh man. I don't know. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about this. So, Dylan Murray uh, with Wrestling Inc. writes, Paul White was one of the most noteworthy WWE legends that made their transition to AEW back in 2021. Upon signing with the company, White assumed the role of a color commentator on programming called AEW Dark Elevation. And eventually, he had his in-ring debut with the company at All Out 2021 against QT Marshall. Well, White was also... Uh, competing in three different matches at that point. He is since a proud member of the AEW roster now, not only as a commentator. With that being said, his 21-year work in WWE cannot be overlooked. In a recent interview, he had mentioned he explained why he decided to leave WWE to go for greener pastures. He said the following, When you have a lot of passion for the things that you do and for the things that you want to personally accomplish, sometimes you have to take yourself out of every comfortable situation you're in white proclaimed it's more of a deep dive 
into me personally why I decided to try to push myself and be instead of being complacent. Now, White recalled the elements of his years with WWE that made him complacent, saying, I was just very comfortable. I was treated very well. I had great relationships with management and in production. I didn't have any hard feelings with anyone there at any point in time. However, he decided he did want to push himself professionally, and he wanted to see what else he could do outside of being the big show. He went ahead and signed with AEW in 2021. However, since then, he's had some injury issues, and he's also undergone knee replacement surgery, which he believes that now that it's in his rearview mirror, he can get back to competing inside the ring. AEW most recently showed images of him is Captain Insano. If you remember that, that was from the movie The Water Boy. Now, it's already been trademarked. Will we see him as Paul White or Captain Insano? Either way, Paul White believes he still has much to give in an AEW ring. Um, the Captain Insano thing was kind of cool, no doubt. However, I just think time has passed. And I'm not trying to knock him, but I mean, I think he should stay as a backstage person, help developing the young talent, and being somebody who is on the commentating booth. I don't want to see him back in the ring. It's 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 the same reason we don't want to see Double J back in the ring anymore. And people jump my shit when I say this. They're like, well, Double J still looks good. Sure he does. He still looks good. Ah, he could still be relevant. That's fine, but it's not 1999 or 1998 anymore. It's 2023. And why are we giving TV time to somebody who's 55 years old? I mean, I don't care who you are. You have to develop your young talent and give them a chance to shine. And by doing this, this is definitely not giving the other tag teams in AEW an opportunity when you put Jeff Jarrett in there. And now Paul White says that he thinks that he could do really well in the ring with the greatest professional wrestler of all time. Otis. By, by God Omega. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I, knew, no. I knew you were going to slip that in there. Just, just no. He, no, please don't come back. Please. And I mean that the most respectful polite way please don't I mean, well, if he if he does some kind of gimmick as captain insano it'll get a pop it'll get laughs i don't want to see him come back and and try to be a, a weekly performer there's no room for him on the roster anyway let's be honest the roster's already bloated so let's not bring him back for that it sounds bad, but just fade off into the sunset. Right? Just wrestlers, leave it. Please leave it be. Some wrestlers have a great transition into retirement. Some struggle mightily with it. And it's just... I don't know. Um, I want to go into a quote here really quickly, also in that same interview um, that he gave. And he said, and I quote... Whitelisted some people he would like to wrestle. Here's a quote from him. There are a couple of guys that I want to work with in AEW. I definitely want to work with Kenny Omega at some point. I am totally fascinated by a lot of the stuff that Kenny does. Kenny and I could have a great big man match. Big man, little man. 
I have zero doubts in my mind that we could rip the roof off the building uh, with Powerhouse Hobbs and Wardlow and even Darby Allen. I would probably have to be the bad guy um, to compete against these guys, but I was a bad guy competing before anyway. I could have the place writing because there are so many different things that I could do with my character, and I think I'm good with selling and fighting from underneath. Um, what else did he say here? Here he also goes on to say, uh, I could do some stuff with Orange Cassidy. It would be a lot of fun. Maybe we could become a tag team. Maybe we could be opponents with themselves as well. Uh, potentially working with the Dark Order would be something I'd like to do as well. There'd also be some great talents that I could see myself being put together with. Uh, maybe Satnam Singh. Uh, he's green right now, but I think at some point he would be more established. Maybe we could do something like that. I, listen, he's throwing out a lot of names, a lot of names. And I think the big thing is you're 50 plus. You're having knee, you know, knee replacement surgery. Do you? Does Tony Khan honestly believe, and I'm asking this to everybody who hears my voice, will you turn the TV on and tune in to Dynamite? if Paul White is going to be in the ring, does that interest you in 2023? But I'm going to turn the floor over to you because I want to hear your reflection on the names he mentioned and his level of confidence with being able to rip the roof off and cause riotous situations of being a bad guy working with all of the names I just mentioned. What's your take? Oh, God. Um yeah, you can probably have great matches for just about all those guys. But those other guys are going to carry the bulk of the workload. I mean, it, let's take Darby, for example. Darby's going to bump and bump and get thrown off this and get thrown off that and thrown through something else. And yep. So we know how that's going to go. Uh, I think him and Hobbs, honestly, would be terrible. Yeah. I think him and Wardle would be terrible. Right? Because... Unfortunately, at this point in his career, he's not going to be able to do enough. Or let me, let me backpedal a bit. Maybe we're both wrong. Maybe he's been off for a bit, and he's after getting all tuned up, and those knees are sorted out now. Maybe he, he could come back and, and be amazing in the ring. Because realistically, his last match that we've seen, he was not getting around too good. Right. So maybe he's fixed up a bit. Maybe he could again. That's a lot to expect out of artificial knees carting around a man that big Correct. in a wrestling ring. Correct. But if I were to bet, him and Hobbs would be not very good because he's not going to be able to do enough for a big man match. Him and Wardlow would not be good. Him and Kenny, yeah, probably. It'd be entertaining. Would he blow the roof off the place? Is this a a Tokyo Super Arena 89 star match. Stop it. Well, Shut your probably, mouth. yeah. You're being called that because yeah, I've been apologize to Japan right now. Apologize. No. I'm I'm sorry for your 97 star matches. Like, what am I sorry for here? It's I don't know what it's called. I can't remember. The Tokyo Dome. Budokan Hall. Yeah, the Bukaki Hall. Fair. Wow. Anyhow, so back to my tangent. Um, Paul White coming back, no. Um, I, at a certain point, 
it's going to ruin his legacy. You seem to think he has a bigger legacy than I do, which is cool. That's the beauty of this. We have different opinions. I'm right, you're wrong. It works well for us. <laughs> but for him to come back, I just think that it would hurt his legacy because he can't go anymore. Let's, let's just face facts. He hasn't been able to go for quite a while. That's why he was a part, part, part-time wrestler with WWE towards the end. That's why he's only had a couple matches in AEW. Right. He's banged up. He's getting a little bit older. And if he were to come back, it'd be a it'd be a nostalgia thing. But even with that, that's hard with AEW because there's no nostalgia. No, we the, the there's company, no history there. The company doesn't have enough history to have nostalgia. I agree. Right, and especially with him because he's never done anything with AEW. Correct. So. I personally would like to see him not come back. You know, yeah, sure. Him and Darby, that would, of all of them, I think that would be the most entertaining. But it's only because it's Darby. I was going to say, because Darby would probably look like he would be. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Could him and Kenny have a decent match? Yeah, probably. But it'd be the same thing. Kenny would be doing the majority of the work. Yes. I think that's fair to say, no? It is. It is. Well, let's be honest. Kenny does 90% of the work in every match. But Yeah, I'm wrong. All right, sure. Let's go with that. Anyhow, no, just no. And let's let's just move on. That's a terrible idea. It is, and normally I don't poo-poo on people wanting to come back and whatnot, but, I mean, it's just not. It just doesn't make sense. Like, there's not a clamoring for him to come back. There's not like this online excitement of, whoa, you know, Paul White, the former big show, might come back. Okay, let me I'd put want, this. If he did watch the match, just for the record, I would watch the match. Now, would I go out of my way to make sure I'm in front of the TV Wednesday night? No, I generally do that most Wednesday nights anyway. I try to make sure I catch it all, but I'm not going to be in a panic to make sure. I don't miss 10 or 15 minutes of the show because it might be Big Show's segment. <laughs> okay, let me put it to you this way. And I think I knew the answer to this, so it's really pointless of asking a question. But if it was Mark Henry wanting to come back or Big Show, I would be very curious about Mark Henry. Oh, yeah. I mean, even I, Mark I, Henry. Yes, Mark Henry is. There's just more excitement when it comes to him he has a look he has all of this stuff these intangibles mark henry would be a great on-screen manager he would be good big show i just don't see it happening but anyway that's the big show situation let us know on social media uh what your thoughts are on big show if you think that that'd be a good idea for him to uh to wrestle again if you want to see here's the other problem but who the hell's going to remember Waterboy? I mean, you and I clearly know what it was. That was when was, was Waterboy? Late nineties, was it? Oh, yeah, that's a long time ago. It was. Do you think people nowadays are going to remember what the shit that is? Our generation will. They and and yeah, I guess so. Well, for sure, that was a that was a popular movie. It yeah, but was. just some of the younger generation will too. Not to the same as ours though. Let's see, what the hell year was this movie coming out, Waterboy? This was 1998. 1998. I don't even know if people nowadays know who Adam Sandler is. Oh, don't be a knucklehead. The High Schoolers? 
I teach high school, so that's the pulse of pop culture. If I say Adam Sandler, I can't 100% tell you if they would know who he is. Really? You know, I, I obviously don't teach kids or have any. Right. So I wouldn't, I'm not a good judge of that. Um, what I'm going to do is just for all of you who may be saying, I actually don't know who he is. I don't know who Adam Sandler is. So let me just give you a small concept of what Waterboy is about. Robert Boucher Jr., known as Bobby Boucher, is a socially inept, uh, stuttering, and somewhat mentally challenged 31-year-old man. Uh, he is the water boy for the University of Louisiana football team. He lives um, with his very religious, strict mother, Helen, who believes his father, Robert Sr., died of dehydration in the Sahara Desert while surfing in the Peace Corps in, or in uh, 1960. As the players continually bully Bobby, the Cougars head coach uh, fires him up and end up getting to see if Bobby would end up playing. Bobby approaches the coach at Southern Central Louisiana State University. They are known as the Mud Dogs, and he is now hired as the team's new water boy. So it's an interesting story. It's comedy. Kathy Bates is in it as well. Uh, who else is in it? Kathy Bates is his mother. Uh, Henry Winkler, I believe, is the coach. coach. Yeah. So, I mean, it's got a stud cast, but it's just one of those deals where, um, I don't know. I mean, would you would it's, you have Adam Sandler appear? I don't know. No. No. It could work. It would draw a couple extra people, but no. Waterboy is, to me, the equivalent of uh, when Jim Carrey did Cable Guy. I just I couldn't. Way better than that. Cable Guy. Cable Guy. Oh, that was terrible. It was terrible. It was so bad. It was re- like just, oh, why are we doing this? Um. All right, let's move on. So. I want to talk about something that is kind of got people at odds with each other. And what I want to talk about is Soraya. So many people were, were interested in seeing what Soraya's decision was going to be, whether she was going to come back to pro wrestling or she wasn't. Was she going to be able to medically cleared or not? WWE had let her go and let her contract expire um, before it was determined that was she going to come back or not? Well, they let her go. She ended up going to AEW. Now, we did find out that she was cleared to wrestle because she announced it on AEW TV. In her first match back, she Brit, she beat Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. But now she and Ruby Riot, or Ruby Soho, depending on how you know her, and Tony Storm have created a faction called the Outcasts. So it's three women right now who are anti-AEW homegrown because that phrase uses it's used a lot, right? We're homegrown AEW. So a lot of people see these three, the outcasts, very reminiscent to the outsiders uh, in the storyline used in the WCW back in the 90s. Well, a lot of people are saying that Saray has not been booked very well. And what are your thoughts looking at Soraya since she's come back to AEW. Do you feel like she's been booked the right way? Should she have stayed a baby face? Could they have built her up to be, you know, oh my God, it's Soraya? Or do you think that 
might not have been a bad idea to make her a heel. I like where they've gone with it. I think she's been fine. I mean, the outcast, outsider. It's the Dollar General version of the outsiders. Let's not kid ourselves. The, the book, the book with Kiefer Sutherland, also made into a movie, The Outsiders. Yeah. Or Scott Hall and Kevin Nan. Okay. Yeah. That's what it is. Like it, it is what it is. And I get wrestling. A lot of it is, you know, rehash. But this is bad. Like this is a blatant. They don't have t-shirts. They don't have t-shirts. They're not saying join us. They're not doing any of that kind of stuff. Now the spray painting. The spray paint. That's a little much. That's a little. So there's three of them. They're the outcasts, and they spray paint, mm-hmm. and they're coming from another federation to take over. Okay, it's. I don't see any. I don't see any parallels. No, nothing, nothing at all. Sorry, I misspoke. Please forgive me. I do no similarities whatsoever on that. Uh, but no, I think Sir has been booked fine. I, I like the heel. I do too. I have no problem with it. She, um, she look, she looks a bit green almost though. Like she's still some ring of rust. her work. Like, ooh, yeah, hundred percent ring rust. So I mean, she was off for quite a long time. She was, and I'm sure she's got to learn to wrestle differently now than she did before, because you know, with her neck and all that stuff. So I'm sure that's what a lot of it is. I guess I expected her to be uh, a little smoother than what she has been in the ring, but she's been good. I'm not knocking her, and I think her as a heel, I think is excellent. No, I have no problem with this outsiders, outcast, little faction thing they got going. It's something fun, you know. Overdone, yeah, but it's fun still. Uh, and it's got a lot of legs to that. You can get something out of this. But with the three of them, you know, just keep it going. You can have a lot of great matches. You know, at some point, one of them is going to turn face. Mm-hmm. Soho. And that's what's going to happen there, how it's going to end. But, no, you, you can have a lot of good this, and I think it's been just A-OK. I'm surprised, if anything, with Tony Storm, how she's been booked more so than Soraya. Not that she's been booked poorly. I just never thought she would be a heel. Yeah, I'll agree. Didn't happen. I agree with you on that one. I am surprised by the way Tony Storm has been booked. Um, because being a heel just does not seem to be in her nature. Ruby Soho is a badass. She cut a badass promo on Dynamite. And her being a heel, yeah, I can definitely see that. Ruby Soho is one of those people who does an amazing job when it comes to her character work. Um, but I want to read something to you as well. So you realized that they had guests at AEW uh, a couple weeks ago. And you know who those two guests were? No. Nikki and Brie Bella were backstage and photos I've seen something about that. emerged online well today eric mutter is writing for wrestling inc news broke today march the 14th that the bella twins announced on social media they have officially parted ways with wwe and the process they have also revealed that they would be going by brie and nikki garcia 
going forward. The name Bellas is no longer going to be carried with them. Well, the announcement on social media drew a lot of attention. Also, a lot of support from their friends and former co-WWE worker, Soraya. Now, you don't want to look too deep into this entire thing. However, there was a couple of people who fired back, and this was Soraya. Y'all need to chill, Soraya tweeted. You guys are trying to find anything that I say to pick it all apart on social media. Not being locked into a tight contract can make you feel great, but you're not anymore. And that doesn't mean that we've all been treated badly, but you guys need to chill out. You guys need to find a new hobby. Let me ask you this question. Brian Danielson is in AEW. That's his wife. And do you think we're going to see Bri and Nikki Garcia in AEW? No. I don't think so. AEW don't need the Bellas. But they're not the Bellas. Well, you the Garcias, sorry. They don't I don't think they need them. They won't benefit it'll be short term. Maybe it'll be pure hot shop booking. They're gonna be red hot for a bit and then they're gonna fade into nothing in, in, in three months' time. The Bellas are not good in the ring. Well, let's face facts. They've never been great in the ring, and you're trying to help grow the women's division. I don't know if they would be the answer because how they're, they're popular. Yes, pretty, absolutely. Both of them are gorgeous women. No, do they have name recognition? Yes, to a degree, because nobody's going to know them as the Garcias, but people catch on quickly. But they're they're not great in the ring. So I I'd certainly that they would push somebody like um, Sky Blue. Then bring the Bellas in. I think that you'd get more benefit from. Or the Garcias, I apologize. I think that would be that would be better. Long term, definitely be better. Right? So I think that's where you, you'd be further ahead. I hope they don't bring them in. Nothing against them. I just don't see the benefit. Nobody's gonna really gain from that. Or bring them in as valets, maybe, but I don't know about in-ring talent. I guess I'll just keep talking about nothing in particular because you're playing on your phone. But that's no, okay. I'm trying. I'm trying to cue something up. Hold on, I was letting you talk because you made a lot of sense, and I was trying oh, to cue. Make sure Linda listens to this episode. Somebody said I was talking and made a lot of sense. She never says that. <laughs> you shut up you're an idiot oh gosh i want to go ahead and i want to cue this up because i want you to be able to hear um we're going to throw it to a clip here from aew dynamite where ruby soho in my opinion makes a lot of valid points and i want to talk about this because when it comes to this faction i think ruby really brings a lot of validity to it I think if you're really going to go with this faction, you're going to need somebody who's super, super strong in that category. I don't necessarily know. Soraya can be. Tony Storm definitely is not. Um, who else is in that faction? Am I forgetting somebody? Or It's just no. the three of them. Three of them. Correct. So, so let me play this clip here, and I want you to 
Listen to it, and then let's comment on what we think Ruby Soho has to say and where we think this might go in direction-wise. Ruby, a pretty interesting turn of events this past weekend at Revolution when you joined the team of Soraya and Tony Storm. I think the question on a lot of people's minds here tonight is, why? I think it's obvious, Renee. I don't, I don't think it should come as a surprise to anyone. You all created this monster. Let's just, let's just run it back real quick, Renee. My very first title match here in AEW was at Grand Slam against Britt Baker. And when she beat me, these people were thrilled. All right, so we're going to fast forward past that into the semifinals of the Owen Hart tournament where I faced another homegrown in Chris Statlander. And I know you weren't here yet, Renee, but can you remember the response I got after I beat her? Not a very warm reception. No, 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 no. They booed me out of the damn building, Renee. So then we get to revolution when your favorite homegrown, Jamie Hayter, pinned me in the middle of this ring. Yeah, I know we all love Jamie. And I realized then Renee, that no one was ever going to come to my defense. No one was ever going to be mad when I lost. And no one here in AEW was ever going to really appreciate me. But I'm not the only one. Tony Storm came here and she wasn't appreciated from the get-go. In fact, the company didn't appreciate her enough to call her an actual champion. They called her an inner rip. And then you all begged Soraya to come out of retirement. Your friend Soraya to come out of retirement, huh? And she does. And then you all, fat, neck-bearded, mouth-breathing trolls, came after her at a moment's notice. Yikes. We've been outcasts since the day we came into AEW. And we came here to help rebuild the women's division. You can't build on broken foundation. You can only demolish and start new. And the broken foundation is the entitled little shits in the back. Broken foundation is the rookies who think that they deserve the world because Tony Khan and all of you people give it to them. So speaking of entitled rookie, why don't we go ahead and bring out my opponent? Another homegrown in Sky Blue. Okay, so that was Ruby Soho talking about basically why she joined the Outcasts. And I'm going to tell you something, but she does make some very valid points. Um, I think she's definitely by far the more experienced talker um, of the three. And I think she could be the vocal leader of the group. What do you think about this? Do you think this faction has legs? And if so, how long do you think that this thing can work before it starts to get old? It can work. Um, I don't think it's going to be a long-term thing. People are just going to get tired of it because it is a outsider's ripoff, like we said earlier. So people will get tired of it after a while, but you're, you're going to get some good life out of it just because it gives you options for different different storylines you know because you could you're only gonna go with factions for so long factions are generally not a long-term solution for the most part yeah you get your scattered one that makes it kicks around forever like the four horsemen they were stable for like 93 years so but with the exception of that they generally don't knock around them dx that's about it so your, your faction route will only go for so long they're definitely gonna get some good legs out of it because well, it's, the proof is in the pudding. They're doing it right now. They're going to have them feud with all the other 
while all the homegrown talent, which is everybody except for those three, really. Nobody else has been brought in from WWE, so we're going to have them. And uh, they, they, she brought up somebody who I'm sure not just me, but a lot of people have forgotten, Chris Statlander. What's going to happen yeah. when she comes back? How do you throw her into the mix? Because you know she's not coming in and being a mid-carder. No. For the women's division. You're bringing her back, and she's going straight to the top again, where she should be, because she's damn good. Right. Unfortunately, she's beat up a lot. Like she can't stay healthy. But she's when she's healthy, her matches are always amazing. So where do you go with that? Right? I mean, her and Ruby be a good match. I'd watch that. I think that'd be agree. pretty damn good. Yes. Right. So no, this this will kick around. I would imagine that they'll get six months to a year out of this. I can't see it going longer. But you think if they get a year out of it, that's a good run. That is a very good run. Right. But I think they can get that out of it. But then they're going to have to break it up, and and Ruby's going to turn on them. I think it's going to be interesting to find out what exactly does happen with all of this and, and what this has to do with the, the Bellas or the Garcias as well, because I do feel like there's something, there's something there. Um, but with this outcast women's faction, they're trying to grab attention to the women's division. I mean, think about it. Ruby can wrestle. Tony can wrestle. Soraya obviously is going to be, coming around I, I i'm thinking over time she's going to get better i wonder if all of this was also to really ultimately take all the people and turn them heel because they're trying to make Britt baker look like just gold um but once again why do we keep talking about Britt? Britt's not even the champion but it's jamie hater and jamie hater arguably has been in my opinion you can look at the kenny's you can look at the john moxley's you can look at the jades Jamie has probably been the most dominant champion, gender neutral, in AEW recently. She has great matches. She's over. She doesn't pander to the crowd. So you often wonder, is she a babyface? Is she a heel? Is she not really having a identity when it comes to something like that? But Jamie Hayter's really damn good. And... Are we potentially looking at a buildup between Jamie and someone else for Double or Nothing? Because that's the next big show that's going to be happening. Do you see Jamie Hayter at some point losing this belt um, at Double or Nothing? Or do you think that they're going to try to keep her as a long-reigning champion? I hope they keep her as a long-reigning champion. Who's she going to lose it to? Well, I mean, that's just a big thing. Who knows? It won't be at Double or Nothing. There's, there's no way you're going to create a good enough storyline right in the eight weeks or whatever we have right to where you're going to have somebody go over her to where you're going to push them going forward there's I nobody really established enough for that i agree and jamie here is amazing she's really she's really good so good and she's she's a tweener she's not she a is. heel no, she's not a face. Right. She's you just want to watch her wrestle. Correct. And it's you, you almost don't care. Something's gotta doing. blow up there. You can't keep that going where it is. That's gotta blow up. Right. Her her and Britt. Would you say, let me ask you this. Um, there was an amazing video, and I'm gonna have to post this on social media, where they were talking about the hangman Adam Page story. And it really goes back and it it 
it really explains it really, really well. Like his entire story arc when it came to Kenny and the Bucks and all this kind of stuff. I think, in my opinion, if you're going to do a, a Jamie Heater title change, it's going to have to be a year buildup. And it's going to have to be with, with Britt or someone. But what? why not Britt? Britt would be the perfect... Um, you know, counterpart to this. And I think if you build it up right, you could have a hell of a match. Um, do you think that, but here's the problem with this, but if right now they're getting cheered, you're clearly not going to do a, a, a Brit jealousy angle right this second. Right. I mean, they're, they're white hot. They're going against the outcast. You're going to keep that going. It's it's going to be basically a babyface faction, which is they haven't really defined themselves as being good guys, but babyface faction versus a heel faction. You're going to let that shit play out before you scoop your wand to your neck thing. You're not going to chop your nose off and spy to yourself. But do you ultimately think, and I know you, I think you mentioned before, you did not believe it would happen this way. Are we going to have a female blood and guts at some point? Probably I could see it. Right, Rubio Blade. We oh, know Britt will. well. Britt will. Right. Uh, we don't know what Jamie Hader would do. I, I could see Soraya getting color. That wouldn't Ooh. shock me if she did. Yeah, that would be. Right. I can't see Tony Storm getting color. Right. But no, you could. You could do it. Do you think but, it would? Let's be a Britt Baker do damn or anything. She would. She very much would. would. there be much of an interest in a Jamie Hayter, Britt Baker, and who's their third person? Rebel. Yeah, but I think she's she's gone from the group now. They've pulled her. I wonder if they're going to add someone to their faction, their group. Because obviously when you're doing a, a blood and guts like that, you, how many people do you need for blood and guts? Six on each side? Five on each side? Was it that many? I think it is. Well, I mean, so, um, Bunny. She's she's bled in the match. She has. Uh, um, you could have Statlander uh, come back because she's a yeah. she's close to coming back, and she and, would be uh, a baby face. Um, Sam Guevara's girlfriend. Why can't I remember her name? Ty Conte. Ty Count. She's she's bled in the match before. I just Raven don't Because if you're going to have it be a blood and guts, it can't just be, you know, one like Brit and the rest. Willow Nightingale. Willow Nightingale could. I love, I love Willow Nightingale. She's so good. She's so, oh my God, she is good. She's I hope just, she gets some kind of a push, like a legit push. Just don't have her throw nobody off the ramps anymore. That didn't work out well. We don't no. want that anymore. That didn't look good. You know what I think should happen? Right, was... I don't think it will, though. Um, who ultimately, and I know I'm, I'm being scatterbrained. I'm jumping all over the place. I know we started out with the outcasts and whatnot and what could happen with that. And that kind of segued into uh, Britt Baker um, and Jamie Hayter. But Statlander comes back. That clearly is going to help out the division big time. I think Willow needs to get a push. That'll help out the division. But where in the hell has Serena Deeb been? 
I mean, God, she's so freaking good. And by the way, Marina Shafir, who I'm a huge fan of Marina Shafir, um, I think she needs to get a, a better pushing again because I think she could be a badass. And I think she's good at wrestling. And I just don't like the fact that people knock her as much as they do. That that's that bothers me because she is really good. And I just don't feel like she's getting enough attention because she doesn't have that over the top personality. But I think well, Serena Deeb is the best wrestler in the women's division. She's so good. She's fantastic. No charisma, though, unfortunately. I think that's what hurts her. She, she's Dean Malenko. Um, yeah. I, I mean, okay, so let me throw this out to you. Do you think some women could benefit from having managers? Sure. Why not? Well, and the reason I say that is because, I mean, obviously Nyla Rose, you had Vicky Guerrero, and, and we have recently found out Vicky's leaving AEW um, when her contract officially expires shortly, that she'll be moving on. But maybe we do need to consider um, managers for the women. Maybe we should. I've always thought about that. Like, you don't see that very often. I mean, you don't see a whole heck of a lot of managers for women wrestlers but have you ever seen it i don't know if i um i want to say mula did some stuff early on um she did some managing trying to think who else would come out who else would second someone i'm gonna have to i could see somebody like um sterling smart yeah sterling I could see I could that. see him doing it. I could see that working well. Um, uh, who's the guy that, that got the broken arm from Hook? Um, Stokely Hathaway? Yeah. I could see him doing it. Just being an absolute mouthpiece. Stokely's really that. good. <laughs> oh, he's very good. You Stokely want to see him is, punch in the mouth. Yes. But he is Which is exactly what you want. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I just I feel like in a lot of ways, you know, I'd like to see more managers. Unfortunately, they have to be good quality managers. It can't just be somebody just walking out there. Like nothing against Vicky Guerrero, but when she did the whole excuse me stuff, it got a little old because it was the same shtick that she did in WWE. There was no growth. There was no changing or evolving to some degree. And I feel like in some ways you need to have that, if that makes sense. Where are you going to go with that, though? <laughs> you can't grow that gimmick. No, but she, I'm just saying, like, do, that's do something different. Maybe come up yeah. with a different catchphrase or maybe do something. To, I, I don't know, but I, I'm just... I, like I said, I'm excited for Chris Atlander to come back. I think that's going to help out a lot. Willow should be getting a good push. Serena Deeb should be coming back as well. Um, I would love Layla to Hirsch? see Layla up, oh, dude. You took the words out of my mouth. Layla Hirsch. You know I'm a big fan of Layla Hirsch. I like. I think that she is a great wrestler, and I just it just boggles my mind how you have very talented women who are not getting opportunities to wrestle and. I don't really know why, because if your whole goal is to grow the division, then why the hell are we not 
doing this? I'm with you. I don't, I don't know. I'll have to, but, but you know what? Um, I, I still think Serena D would be great. Um, I would love to see her as, as a champion. I really would. I mean, the professor is, is amazing. All right, let's go ahead and let's switch gears here for a second. Um, some news that obviously you never want to hear in the world of pro wrestling. You always know that where you were when you heard certain news break. Um, and it's it's a tough thing. I, I think my first experience with this next topic was the Von Ericks and the tragedy of the Von Ericks when you know they they all tragically most of them all but one passed away. And then obviously you hear about second generation stars passing away and, you know, Ric Flair's son, Reed, which was a big thing, which was tough. And recently, um, WWE Hall of Famer Arn Anderson lost his eldest son in Brock's older brother. So I'm going to read this. Uh, this is from this is from MSN. WWE Hall of Famer Arn Anderson took to Twitter to announce the sad news that his eldest son, Barrett, has officially passed away. Anderson wrote, Last night my family suffered a loss that should never be felt by any parent. Our eldest son, Barrett, had passed away. He was only 37. He did not disclose the nature of his passing. Barrett, the brother of AEW, Brock Anderson, was not involved in wrestling at all. In his tweet, Arn reminded people how important it is to be there for family and friends. Tell those you love that you love them. Many of the Anderson's colleagues in AEW and WWE offered their condolences to the member of the Four Horsemen via social media. AEW Twitter account also offered condolences from the company's perspective to the Anderson family. Now, Arn has been part of AEW since his debut at All Out 2019 when he was managing Cody Rhodes. Both Brock Anderson and Arn Anderson have been off television for months now. Although Arn has been managing Brock uh, and his second-generation wrestling star Brian Pillman Jr. on AEW Dark, AEW Dark Elevation as well. The former NWA and WCW superstar commented on both he and Brock's status as far as the AEW roster says, and that he says despite not appearing on TV, they remain members of the team and they're ready to jump into action when called upon. Um, like I said, the, the family is not really releasing right now what happened. Um, I can respect that completely. I don't necessarily think that there's anything that needs to be said. Uh, a loss is a loss. When did you first hear about this? And, you know, what was your initial thoughts? I mean, were you just like, oh my God, this is happening again? It feels like a, a nightmare. Even people that aren't in wrestling. It seems like people, family members, when they passed away, it hurts a lot as well, even though we might not even know them because of us being fans of their family members, that stings as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I learned about it yesterday. Oh, this was last yesterday evening, just flipping through on probably Twitter. I would imagine Twitter or Facebook. And I, and I came across it there. I'll be honest with you, I didn't know Aaron had another son. The only one I knew about was Brock. Um, yeah, you never were 37 years old, Mike. I mean, yeah. That's a young man. Yep. I mean, younger than either one of us. Right? 
So that's just it's just hard to hear. I mean, it's hard to hear whether they're thirty-seven or ninety-seven. You never want to hear it. Right. It's an unfortunate part of life. But especially when you hear somebody at thirty-seven, like, good lord, that's that's just tough, right? It, but it also just tells you, you know, hey, tomorrow ain't promised. It ain't guaranteed. Absolutely not. You know, not not to take this down a, a bad path. I don't mean that at all, but. It isn't. You don't know if you're gonna have tomorrow or not. Yeah. You no, know, try to try to do something good, and, and like I said, let people know that you love them and that you care, and try to live a good life and don't be a scumbag. And you know, that's about the gist of it. Right? It's just it's it's hard to hear. And I don't forget Kevin Nash's young fellow wasn't that long ago either. Yes, absolutely. Good point. Right? It's just. Uh, do you think part of it is just that the age we're getting to now, Mike? Because you guys think a lot of the stars that we grew up watching are getting older now. And yeah. they come from that generation to where there was a lot of poor life choices made, you know? And, you know, because that was, you know, that was just the way it was. Not that they're bad people. I don't mean that at all. But unfortunately, that was the party. That was the time. World back then. Yep. And now it's all slowly catching up. Because you can't tell me if if your parent doesn't even need to be a professional wrestler. You could be a the banker you go see. And if they're having to live in the party life. Yep. You can't tell me there's not a strong chance their kids are going to develop something maybe certain traits happened because i don't know right but you, you know what i mean it's just you see it and i i think that might be something to do with it but it's also i think it's from it's our generation because you know we're, we're getting a bit older we're not old but we're getting a bit older and the people we grew up watching are you know a lot of them are in their 60s 70s now yeah so, you know, we're just seeing it just kind of the way it is, unfortunately. It sucks either way, though. It's not, it's just not good. Especially when you hear of a young person. It's just, it's just hurt. Especially you hear somebody pass away that's younger than you. But, gee, I don't I know. know. Bit of a reality check, kicking the pants. It is. It's very much so. I mean, in, look, I mean, Arn has been involved with wrestling for a very, very long time. And obviously Brock is, is re is new to the business and he's getting into it as well. And, you know, it seems like their other son was, was not. And, and whether Barrett was in wrestling or he wasn't in wrestling, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, I can't imagine. I can't fathom. I can't process that. And it's, it's so sad to hear that. And I hope and wish that they are, they find peace and that's going to take a very, a very long time if ever, but um, it's very sad and I just wish the best for them and just keep them in your thoughts and prayers. And, and once again, tell people around you that you love them and you appreciate them because I mean, anything walk out the door, get in your car. You think you're going to go to work or stop off and get coffee or get gas at the gas station. It's a weird world, man. Weird things happen. And, None of us expect anything, 
to happen. And we all assume that, oh, tomorrow's tomorrow and then next week and next month. But once again, like like Bud said, nothing is guaranteed. The only thing guaranteed is you and I talking right now. Other than that, once we hang up here, God knows what could happen. So I, I think it. I think the one thing we can all, all all learn from passings, no matter who it is, is appreciate what you've got. Appreciate the life that you have, because one day there, there's going to be an end of the road, and it's just reality. But while you're here, appreciate the people around you. Appreciate what you got, and realize that. No guarantees. So I know I'm repeating myself a lot, but it's um, it's a tough go. It's a really, really tough go. So, um, speaking of passings, March 14th, one year ago today, Wrestling World lost too sweet. Legendary wrestler Scott Hall, two-time WWE Hall of Famer, passed away at the age of 63 exactly one year ago today after suffering three heart attacks stemming from a blood clot after his hip replacement surgery. Friends and fans all over social media are remembering the bad guy today and have taken to social media to pay tribute, including his fellow click friend, Sean Waldman, uh, who shared some candid photos of them hanging out as well. So once again, our thoughts and prayers go out to undoubtedly um, the Anderson family, but also it goes out to the Hall family as well and all of Scott Hall's friends and family as well, as we are just hitting the one-year anniversary of Scott Hall's passing. Um, it's How's it fast year? I was just about, that was the next words out of my mouth. I can't believe it's been a year. I cannot believe it has been a year already. So, craziness is happening, my friend. Craziness, craziness. Um, How many years have we been doing this now? When did FRM originally start? Yeah, how long has FRM been around? I want to say 2017. When did you make the god awful decision to bring me on board? Uh, it's got to be a couple of years now. You were you were even before the panel started. You were coming on, and then the panel started. So I don't know. You've probably been a part of this brand for at least two years now. I would say terrible judge of character, Mike. Eh, what can I say? I'm a I'm a U.S. citizen, right? You're supposed Drop to be the, the conscience of the show. Ball. Wow. <laughs> you really You're dropped supposed- the ball. Oh, I, I always drop the ball. In fact, I don't even have one. And if I tried to bend over and pick it up, I probably couldn't do that either. Um, want to go ahead and, and kind of switch gears here. Something that's that's interesting. We, you know, it's, it's funny because the comments you make, we, we flow. We dance, my friend. It's a dance. We just got done talking about... Um, you, you mentioned Kevin Nash and how he lost his son. Well, Kevin Nash has something in common with Stone Cold Steve Austin, and they both are boycotting watching AEW programming. I don't know if you heard this. On the latest edition of the Click Podcast, Kevin Nash revealed that he and Stone Cold Steve Austin have made a pact that they are not watching any AEW programming and, in fact, haven't watched it for quite some time. Here is what he had to say. Just want to go on the record today. I've not watched AEW in months. It goes back to Steve Austin and I. We made a pact that we are not going to watch it. Not watching it at all. And I can tell by Twitter that The Undertaker is not watching it at all either. Now, he also went on to say, it's nothing against any of the talent out there. Uh, Everyone knows who is there and who isn't there. It's just something that we decided. Uh, It's like Lent. If you have to give something up for Lent, 
It doesn't change the fact that still Kenny Omega is your favorite wrestler. It doesn't change any of that stuff at all. It's just we're taking a sabbatical from watching it as well. Um, the Undertaker took part in this, and he responded by Nash's tweet. Uh, also by Steve Austin, we ain't watching AEW wrestling. And Taker responded, huge pop in quotes. Let me ask you this question here. Who cares? I mean, I don't want to sound like a dick going from one segment to another, but it's like, who cares? Does is anyone does the sun rise and set on Kevin Nash's choice of television? Like, do, do people really think, oh, well, Kevin Nash and Kevin Nash and Steve Austin aren't watching this? Well, I, you know what? Good enough for me. I'm not watching. Why would they? What would? I guess what I don't understand is what would provoke somebody to say. Hey, social media followers, I'm not watching them, and I've made a pact with other people, and we're all in agreement. We're not. Wa What's the point? Because here's the problem: he was a green dude at one point too, right? There's a lot of green people in that locker room who need an opportunity. So, as a vet, wouldn't you say watch all wrestling, support these guys and gals? I mean, I thought this was a fraternity, a brotherhood. Why wouldn't you? Even if you don't like certain people, why wouldn't you just say, "Hey, you know what?" There's some up and comers like Ricky Starks or this person or Wardlow or the women's of it, you know, support these people. Why would you do like I don't understand that, but clarify me. Why would you completely say you've made a pact with other stars to boycott AEW? I don't get it. I I, I don't know if I can, Mike. Now something pops into my head. Is it just a pure PR stunt because I would imagine they're still under WWE um, legend Legends. or whatever they're called. So uh, it, it'd be hard for them to come out and say, "Hey, we're I'm watching AEW tonight." I think okay. that would be a terrible decision because you know they are. Uh, my assumption is they're still under contract with WWE, right? So is it a matter of? They just want to compete, I guess, still. If they still want to have the WWE versus AEW, you know, you cut up the competition thing. If that's the case, it's kind of dumb. I don't, it, it's very stupid. I, I, I just don't see why. Like, you guys don't wrestle no more. Legends, don't get me wrong. Three absolute legends. Yep. But what's the point of this announcing this pact that you have i don't what's the benefit to anything sour it's it's, it's what's what are you sour about i i'm reaching they never competed against aew aew was even thought of last time any of those guys were in the ring the only thing i can think well, of is hey it. how about you just say I'm a, you know, obviously I'm under a WWE Legends contract. I support WWE. I don't watch the other products. I know there's a lot of good talent out there, a lot of young, hungry talent, but but just for my taste, I don't follow any other promotions. How about you don't say anything like that at all? You don't have to, but I'm saying if you were going to make a statement, you could leave it just as that. You could. You're still putting them over. If he did that, he's putting them over. He can't do no, that. He's under no, what he's saying is there's just a lot of good talent out there. There's a lot of good young talent out there yeah, wrestling. No, they, they couldn't do that. 
Or I, just I don't I don't understand right. why that's that'd be your better. They don't. This just it looks foolish. Hey, we but, got a pack. We're not watching wrestling, and judging by the ratings, Undertaker's not watching either. So, don't give a shit. Like, it just doesn't make sense. It just, uh, it just is not logical. There's, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason to it. I don't. They get can't rare. be bitter. No. Uh, how can they be bitter towards AEW? They never competed with them. It's not like they were around, you know, back in the day. Is he? Is it over the um, the outcast gimmick being an outsider's ripoff? Maybe it's that be. got something to do with it that, that's kind of starting it, but I don't know. I can't see what else it would be. I mean, they don't have a, a Steve Austin ripoff going. They don't have an Undertaker ripoff going. No, I don't uh, get it. It's just stupid to me. I don't know that yet. He did the Golden Life Preserver. It's kind of what WWE does. <laughs> Pal, that's but, that brass well, ring in the sky. God, I don't. This just I don't doesn't understand. Make any sense. Stupid. Juvenile yeah. and stupid. Definitely not smart. No, I agree. Let's go ahead and let's turn our attention to, uh, and I'm sure we'll probably circle back around and talk about some other AW stuff. But let's go ahead and put our attention on to WWE. Um, we are getting close. Uh, April 1st is going to be coming up, so um, not too far away from it. WrestleMania 39, which is going to be a big deal. WWE. WrestleMania goes Hollywood. Um, it's going to be a big two-night event that's going to be happening in Inglewood, California, Saturday, April 1st, and Sunday, April 2nd. It is looked to be upon as one of the best WrestleManias that has happened in recent memory. Let me just run down a couple of these matches. Uh, let me pull this up here. Here we go. Dominic versus Rey Mysterio, father versus son. Bobby Lashley taking on Bray Wyatt. Now it's believed that this is going to be the buildup. The undisputed uh, tag team champions that Usos take on Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens hasn't been announced yet, but those are some predictions of what will happen. The Intercontinental Championship will be handled in a three-way match. Gunther takes on Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. Edge and Finn Balor, it has now been determined it will be a Hell in a Cell match. Becky Lynch and Lita, who are the tag team champions, We'll be taking on Trish Stratus versus Damage Control. That should be an interesting one. United States Championship Austin Theory officially will be taking on the You Can't See Me Man, John Cena. Seth Rollins will take on Logan Paul. Brock Lesnar is taking on Omos. The Raw Women's Championship Bianca Belair will take on Asuka. The Women's SmackDown Championship Charlotte Flair will take on Rhea Ripley as well. And finally, capping off WrestleMania, the undisputed WWE Universal Championship, Roman Reigns takes on Cody Rhodes. So the the card has really started to come along pretty well uh, since recent weeks that we've talked about it on the show. And I don't think the matches are bad. I really don't. I think there's going to be some really good matches. Um, as you know, WrestleMania season, there's a lot of things that end up happening. And the Hall of Fame inductions are something that are a big thing. Well, the class of 2023 is interesting because Rey Mysterio has been named as the first person who's going to be going into the WWE Hall of Fame. So he's going to be going in, and the man inducting him is going to be 
none other than Conan or K Dog from the podcast Keep It at 100. He is going to be doing that as well. And it is widely believed that the great Muda is going to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. And Ric Flair looks like he's going to be the one inducting the great Muda into the Hall of Fame as well. I don't think we're going to disagree with either one of these guys being inducted. I think they're both Hall of Famers. They've had amazing, amazing careers. Um, with that being said, is there anybody who you think, my gosh, another year and such and such is not being named into the Hall of Fame? Is there any name that comes to mind but when you think about this and you go, oh my gosh, how can they leave this person out yet another year? That's a good question that I'm, as usual, not prepared to answer. Um, nobody's really popping into my head. Is Stu Hart in the Hall of Fame? Stu Hart is in the Hall of Fame. Uh, uh, Helen. Uh, you want to fornicate tonight? Uh, let's get together. Let's go. Isn't Jericho ever going to the Hall of Fame? Um, Maybe if once he's done. But Jericho, if you remember, recently gave an interview. He said he has zero intentions of ever returning back to WWE. So if he doesn't, that would not surprise me. Let me pull that quote up here. Um, what about Sid? That is one that a lot of people have said. Would Sid ever be inducted? Um, Randy? Sid Randy? Who the hell is that? No, Randy Savage. Knucklehead. Randy Savage is in the Hall of Fame. Is he? I didn't think yeah. he was. Oh, yeah. See, this is what happens when I'm not prepared. No, you're fine. You're fine. Um, let's let's go back to Chris Jericho really quick because you had mentioned something, and I want to kind of comment on that as the iron is hot right now. This is coming from the Sportster. Chris Jericho comments on he has no interest in going back to WWE. This was written by Jim Parsons. Some fans feel it would be right for Chris Jericho to end his career in WWE. While he's been an instrumental part of AEW since its inception, many believe that after his contract expired, he would finally make his way back to WWE. Now, after spending two-plus decades as one of the top stars, Jericho doesn't seem to think that his career needs to go full circle and also doesn't need to be returning to WWE before everything is said and done. In an interview he did with the Daily Star, Jericho asked about a potential return to WWE one day. He responded that he doesn't see it happening. He noted, and I quote, I don't hold the torch for WWE. To me, that's not the place to be anymore. AEW is the place. It truly is, he added. I've been in WWE. I know how it works. They work one way. I don't care if Vince McMahon is there or Hunter is there or whoever is there for that matter. They have a way of doing things. Trust me, I've been there for 20 years, and I was pretty good at it. But I like what I'm doing here at AEW better. Now, AEW also shared its thoughts on that as well. AEW is very happy uh, that Chris Jericho is with them. Jericho among them also said, I don't know why I wouldn't want to finish my career 
in AEW. So Jericho has zero interest in returning to WWE. Now, would that impact, obviously, him going into the Hall of Fame? Yeah, clearly it would. Because if Jericho is not back with the company, you're not going to induct someone into the Hall of Fame. Oh, hey, by the way, Tony, could you send Chris over to Mania? We want to induct him, and then we'll send him back for your show. I just don't see that happening. Um, I'll throw a couple out here for you. Okay, so throw me some people in the, the Hall of Fame that are not that you feel like should be. Kamala. What are your thoughts on Kamala? He was a territorial he was a pretty big guy. Star. He was a big star. He was a territorial guy. And I think that he was a great heel monster for many, many years. I do think that he's qualified. I absolutely think he's qualified. Once again, I'm going to use the Coco Beware uh, uh, formula. I mean, I think you could put him in. If you're going to put Coco in, why not put Kamala in? I agree with you on that one. Bam, bam, Bigelow. Absolutely. Absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. Raven. Raven? Yeah. Um, I know his best days for ECW. And I'm going to tell you. WWE was good, but that wasn't his meat and potatoes. I'm going to tell you, I had a conversation with Boog. He called me the other night. And if Boog is listening to this, shout out to Boog. But he called me, and we just started talking, and we haven't caught up with each other in a while. He's all ECW. He thinks there should be an ECW wing or that ECW people should be considered more of, of legends. I mean, obviously, because they're bought by WWE, they should be. And we have the Dudleys that's in there. Who else do we have that's as far as ECW that's in the Hall of Fame? I think Terry Funk's in the Hall of Fame. Um, Mick Foley's in the Hall of Fame. Mick Foley is, though, I think. Yeah, that's what I said. Cactus Jack is. Yes. Um, I mean, Raven's done a lot. I mean, he was, you know, he was part of Creative at one point in time. He did the Johnny Polo character in WWE. Um, Raven's character. So, I mean, there's a lot of people I think who technically, you know, could be, I would probably hold off right now on Raven because I feel like there'd people be ahead of him in line. Okay. Demolition. Oh, clearly, but they have big beef with WWE. I know. Lawsuits and everything. Yeah. That's not going to happen for, unless the lawsuits are dropped or, when they move on to the next uh, chapter of our existence, maybe they'll consider doing that. Lex. Lex Luger's been somebody that they're speculating what would is possibly going to go in this year, and I would not be surprised at all. Lex has gone on uh, a record with, with really trying to rectify his image and you know show a lot of contrition for things that happened, uh, his attitude back in the day, what happened with Elizabeth, all of that kind of stuff. And super I feel, polite man in person. Super polite. I, I really think it's time. I, I think the man has really come full circle. So I would say yes. What about Miss Elizabeth? Is she in? Um, she is in, I believe. Okay. King Kong Bundy. Love Bundy. Monster heel for a long time. I think Bundy should be in. In in the fact that if he is not, and I don't think he is. I think I that's think a travesty. So. I think that's a travesty. What about the Nasty Boys? Love the Nasty Boys. 
huge fan of the Nasty Boys. I think that they had great runs. They were a great heel tag team in WWE. Um, champions there. Um, champions in WCW. They've done a lot of stuff. They were also part of the circuits when the territories were still around. Don't see why they're not. Jim Cornette. Despite my personal feelings, I do believe his contributions in the industry, he should be. Yes. All right. Who else can I come up with here? Cindy Lopper. Um, I'm wondering if Cindy's in the celebrity wing. I don't know. I feel like I want to say she is, but I don't know. She should be. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. She should be. Absolutely. She should be. Now, uh, Hulk Hogan recently went on to say there's a certain tag team he believes should be in the Hall of Fame, and that's the Rougeos. Oh, 100%. Yes. And then that's not a Canadian thing either. That's just no. a fact. Right? Yes. He thinks that they should definitely be in the Hall of Fame, the Rougeos. Yeah. But Jacques Raymond. Yeah. Um, I was trying to see if I can come up with anybody else. Anybody who's slipping my mind. Uh, what about Adrian Adonis? Might be a I, bit of a stretch on that one. I want to say he's in. No, he's not. Go to WWE's website and see if that. And once again, wrestling fans, you gotta you gotta forgive us here. We're not gonna remember every single little thing because trust me, there's so many things that go on. Um, let me see if on their website, but see if on their website you can find where their Hall of Fame is. Working on it. There should be a place where you can just like easily search. Yeah, um, Wikipedia. Uh, that's not the most credible. Sure, it is. Wikipedia. It's on the internet. It's got to be true. Good point. It's on the interwebs, right? Um, I want to say he already is in, but I could be wrong. He's already in. Pardon us for taking a while to look at this. Trying to find out the Hall of Fame. Maybe one day we're actually going to do a little bit of pre-show. Oh, that would take the spontaneity away, wouldn't it? We would be too too professional. And we don't want to be too professional. No worries about that ever happening with us. This is very, very true. Um, For those of you who might not be 100%, uh, familiar with the WWE Hall of Fame, the WWE Hall of Fame uh, started in 1993, and it goes on today. It includes WWE legends and alums that have been inducted into this group. Now, there's also different wings of the WWE Hall of Fame. They have a legacy wing, celebrity wing, warrior award recipients as well. But each year, the WWE decides to put in Anywhere from five to ten people each and every year. Some of the most notable ones, Abdullah the Butcher is in, Antonio Inoki is in. People that not not necessarily were WWE people, but were in the wrestling industry as well that are in. Uh, Bill Watts is in the WWE Hall of Fame recently. Snoop Dogg is in the Hall of Fame. Snoop Dogg, Bob Uecker is in the Hall of Fame as well. 
Um, I did stand corrected. I was wrong on this one. So uh, another ECW guy who's in the Hall of Fame is Rob Van Dam. So Rob Van Dam is in the Hall of Fame as well. Um, would love to see Sandman get in at some point in time. I think that would be good. I think the original Sabu uh, or ECW Sabu should be considered. Was there, there was a fake Sabu? <laughs> there wasn't a fake Sabu. Oh, my God. Um, Adrian Adonis is not in the Hall of Fame. According to Wikipedia. So it's true. According to the Wikipedia, there should be there should be a like if you go to WWE's website, you should be able to go to the Hall of Fame part and not have to like scroll through every single page just to see. Well, I don't have to tell you. All right, I got Vinnie Mac and tell him he's got to fix this. Oh, Vinnie Mac, good grief. You know what? You and I are, are linked up. We're we're in sync. If uh, if we were women, we'd be uh, our cycles would be lined up. Well, so it just got awkward. And today's no boys and girls. The butt's got something else to do. Like <laughs> anything else to do. Oh gosh, I want to I want to talk about Vince McMahon for a moment, and I want to talk about it's about Vince McMahon, but it's really about a comment that someone made recently about Vince McMahon. And I want to get your opinion on comment. So let me pull this up here. And I don't know if you have seen it, but be very curious on what your thoughts are. So this is from Yahoo. And this involves John Cena and Vince McMahon. John Cena, there's no way I can go on record and say that I don't love Vince McMahon. Now, despite everything going on with him right now, John Cena isn't changing the way he feels about Vince McMahon. The 16-time world champion recently sat down with the Associated Press to discuss a wide variety of subjects in the world of wrestling. When he was asked about his recent tweet, where it suggested that this might be the last time he steps into a ring, Cena said he realized that night that he's already in the twilight of his career. He would go on to say in a quote, I try to put it into words on Twitter. I guess I just can't explain myself correctly, Cena said. It was the first time I came out into the arena knowing that, you know what, this is part of the definitive end of my career. Normally when you come out, you get all excited, and then you're just waiting for the next one. But you know what, at this stage of my life, I just don't know anymore. I made that statement because accepting the match at WrestleMania, I don't know if I have any more in me after that. Now, in addition to that, he was asked about why he decided to come back at WrestleMania 39 in a feud with Austin Theory. Cena was honest and admitted that it wasn't really his decision. He was just doing what he was told to do. He would go on to say, You'd be surprised at my answer because that's what I was told to do, John Cena said. I don't do that. I don't say things all the time. I just want to work with people. I don't ever just do whatever. I try to do my best to the best of my abilities. You know, instead of dictating my terms, I often try to make the performance the best that it can be. I don't pick my opponents, but I love to tell stories. I didn't pick Austin Theory, but I certainly spoke from the heart when I was on Monday Night Raw. Now, speaking of his relationship with Vince McMahon, when asked if it's tough for him to reconcile his feelings towards Vince McMahon with all of his sexual misconduct allegations made against him, Cena would go on to say, 
When you love someone, you take them as imperfectly as they are. He says, no, I mean, everyone has the right to their own perspective, especially when it comes to Vince. I have the right to have mine. And when you love somebody, you take them as imperfectly as they are. We all make mistakes and we all make poor decisions. Lord knows I've made my fair share of poor decisions as well. That doesn't mean I'm not going to love somebody. There's no way I can go on record and say that I don't love Vince McMahon. All right. So, wow, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, he's definitely playing the company line here. I mean, I, I think that goes without yeah. saying. I think John is a good person. I, I, don't, I wouldn't say that I think, and I don't know him personally. I don't think that he is the type of person that would go out and slander somebody um, or would do an interview just for salacious headlines. I mean, he is right. You accept people for who they are. However, with everything that's happened with Vince McMahon, I'm sure there's a lot of people who might say, no comment. Let's not include this in the interview. What do you think that says about John Cena when he still and and Undertaker does the same thing? He still claims, "Oh, I love Vince and this and that." And what's your take on that? Can you still love somebody even though you know in the back of your mind, and they've been around him, he's probably done some very nefarious things that most people may not even be aware of a tenth of the things he's done. Sure, you can. If he's always treated them well, you know, they love him. But realistically, without Vince McMahon, there's no Undertaker. There's no John Cena. You know, so they, they've both done very well, thanks to Vince. You know, both superstars, both very rich gentlemen. You know, and if he's always done right by him, you know, it's kind of hard to get there and say, Hey, he's, he's a scumbag. Well, he's always treated me well. He's always been polite to me, whatever. Always sent me my Christmas card and my birthday card and always gave me a call. And No, sure you can. You don't need to agree with some of the stuff he did, but no, Cena brought that up. You know, every single person, me, you included, Mike, you can't tell me you don't have a friend that's done some sketchy shit but they're still your friend or a family member. Oh, I definitely you know, accept the varying degrees of sketch. Sure. Shit. Yes. But it's just like, no, you're, you're a bit of an asshole for doing that, but you probably still love him. Right. So you can still love him. You don't need to love what they did, but you can still love him. No. So I'm, I don't have an issue with that. No, if he, if he always treated Cena well, no, which by the sounds of it, he has, and same thing with Taker. Sure, he's he's he treated me well. You know, he's we we're friends. Yeah, he did some stuff, but never did it to me. He always did right by me. I love him. I don't have an issue with that. Right. I and, and I'm not trying to say that I'm. I would pile on. I I just probably. If I was doing an interview, I probably would try to stay away from addressing the issue. That'd Just be a smart be... move. Huh? That'd be a smart move. That's what I'd do. I would Don't probably... want to talk about it. Yeah. That's a personal thing. That's a personal relationship and leave it at that off the record. Um, 
Now, John Cena, I mean, obviously he says he's in the twilight of his career, and, and I think most people would agree. And not twilight because he can't go or because he's too old. He can go. I mean, that man probably could wrestle for another 10 years plus if he wanted. I think what he's meaning is it's it's winding down for the simple fact that he's got so many other outside interests that he wants to do. And we don't know what he's dealt with as far as injury-wise. Just because he looks like a million dollars doesn't mean he doesn't have his aches and pains and his fair share of whatever. We, we, we don't know. Now, if WrestleMania is the last time that we see John Cena, and I think Cena would do what's right for the business and put Austin Theory over. Now, do I think that Austin Theory would win cleanly? I do not. I do not. Um, what do you think is going to happen here with Austin Theory and John Cena? Uh, Theory's going to win. Clean? Uh, if this is, no. If this is Cena's swan song, I personally think he should win if this is his last go on. But like you said, I could see him doing what's right for business, but Austin Theory can't win over him clean. He, he just can't because you just, you just make him look like a bum in his last match. Like, yeah, he lost his young upstart kid and he, he put Cena out the pasture. And you, you don't want that. If he's going to go out like that, he's, he's got to get cheated. Basically, something like that. There's no way he's gonna, no way he's gonna lose clean. But I think Austin Theory wins. I hope this is not the end for Cena, though, because you're not gonna have Cena win. I don't think that makes any sense. Okay. But I don't want to see him end his career on a loss. Right. Uh, I I just I just don't feel good. You want you always want the story ending. Right. Yep. The last match, put on a great show, tore it on the house, you know, 49 stars in Tokyo Superdome. I'm trying, Freeland. I'm editing this shit out of the show. You I'm are going literally... to write it down on, on the laptop so I get it right once. You're mocking the hell out of it, but continue. I'm actually not. I Well, first time I'm Tokyo Superdome. I 49 what? stars. Well, that's me being a smartass. You only get that when you're Kenny Omega. What but do you no, have I, against I Kenny wanna... Omega? He's a phenomenal <laughs> wrestler. He's okay. He's just a little overrated. But but no, I... <laughs> Better than Edge. <laughs> the look on your face is amazing. It's well worth getting you riled up. Just oh, I know you do. I know you like I love it. The chubby bear. No, but I, I just don't want to see Cena go out on a loss. You, okay, you so what about that story? That storybook ending. So what about what about this then? What about if Cena wins, right? Cena wins at WrestleMania, but then at WWE Backlash, which I want to say is going to be happening in Puerto Rico, and I think Bad Bunny is going to be hosting. He's the host of that big event. Yeah. What happens if in their rematch, uh, Austin Theory nefariously wins to take the title back? I could deal with that. That'd be better than Cena losing at WrestleMania and being done. So I, yeah, still don't think it's great because he's still leaving on a loss. But at least it's not a loss at Mania. We're referring to this. So San Juan, Puerto Rico, is the home of WWE Backlash. 
2023. It's a big pay-per-view event put on by WWE, which takes place on May the 6th. And it's going to be from the Colosio de Puerto Rico. Um, then this It's a long name. I'm going to leave it at that. So Backlash is the big event that happens after WrestleMania. So it looks like Bad Bunny is going to be the host of it as well. So that's the next big event. So it would only make sense if you're gonna if you're gonna do let's say a rematch that Cena would lose at Backlash to give the title back to Austin Theory. That's my take. Yeah, I could deal with that. Not great, but it's a better option. I agree. What's your thoughts on the WrestleMania card itself right now? I know we've been talking about it and we we've gone back and forth about how we feel as far as do we feel like it's a a good card? Um, Some things have clearly changed. A lot of people believe Vince was in gorilla last Monday night for raw. I don't know if he was there um, last night or not. Once again, I don't know, but do you feel like Vince has his fingerprints on this WrestleMania? And if so, what do you think would be some some tall tale signs that Vince is at least having some creative input in Mania? I'm sure he's probably got a little bit. I don't think he's the end all and be all that he has been in the past. Um, well, probably one would be what we just talked about, Austin Theory. Austin Theory is Vince's guy. It is Vince's guy. Yeah. So. I could see that would be one. Um, getting back to the card, there's a lot of good matches there. Some doesn't make sense, but a lot should be good matches. I would agree. I mean, just with the exception of um, Brock and Omos, I don't think that's going to be good. Dumpster fire, if, if I could ever have one. But I think the rest of the matches should be solid. Might not always have the greatest lead up. Like they don't make sense, but they should be entertaining. Well, okay. So here's a question for you. So this one I don't think has been announced yet, but Ray versus Dominic, I think that would be interesting. Um, I think Ray would do the job for his son. I think he would. I think it would be a nefarious win, but I think he would. Um. How do you feel about Dominic in general? Do you feel like Dominic Mysterio has has we've have we seen progression with Dominic? Have we seen regression, or are we just kind of ambivalent to Dominic at this point? He's better than he was. He's he's only relevant because he's a Mysterio. Yeah, the, if, the if he wasn't Ray's Texas. young fella, would he be in WWE? Absolutely serious here. No, he would not. No, he's raised young fella, so that's why he's getting. Yes, he's he's getting a solid push too. He's not. He's just on the roster. He's not getting Scott Putzky here. Like he is on the roster, getting a push. Right. So, but if if it wasn't if he was just another wrestler coming in. We wouldn't even know where he is. I, I mean, think he's better than he was, but he's still nothing spectacular. I would agree. I don't even think he's mid card. I think he's below mid card. But better than Kenny Omega, though. Um, moving on. Uh, before I end this broadcast, 
Uh, let's talk about a match that's been teased. I don't believe it has. I don't know if it's been announced officially yet, but I think it's it's obviously going to happen. It's going to be the Usos versus Sammy and Kevin Owens, which I think is going to be amazing. Like, so uh, good. mate, there is so much history between Sammy and Kevin. Just the two of them is huge. But then you throw in the bloodline and you throw in Roman Reigns. Um, you throw in all of these different various elements. You throw in Paul Heyman um, and Celia Sokoa and all these things. I feel like this is going to be really, really good. I feel like it's going to be a great, great match. Um, and we talked about some other things. It's now been determined that Finn Balor is going to be taking on Edge in a Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell used to be its own pay-per-view. All matches are determined by Hell in a Cell. But now it doesn't really seem like that's the case. It seems like Hell in a Cell can really happen anywhere. Um, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, do we really think that a Hell in a Cell is a great match for these two? I mean, yeah, you want to keep out Judgment Day. And, and as far as Edge is concerned, you want to keep Beth Phoenix out because she could beat everyone up <laughs> in Judgment Day. But I don't know. I just don't feel like this is a blood feud. Like I don't feel like this. The temperature has risen to the level of hell in a cell. But maybe that's just me. What's I your like take? That you, you like the concept that it's hell in a cell? I do. It, it makes it. It's just two. No outside interference. That's the whole point of hell in a cell. I was thinking more Punjabi uh, wooden wicker match. You got problems, Mike. I'd just be kind of cool. I mean, Great colleague gonna be your special referee. That okay. Well before the show ends, I'm gonna I'm gonna quiz the buzz, uh the buzz, the butt the on buzz. a couple <laughs> on a couple on a couple topics. Ever since you trash Kenny Omega, my brain has not worked properly. Um <laughs> Seth Rollins and Logan Paul. Let's 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 talk a little bit about that. I think that match could be friggin' spectacular. That's going to be a great match. Oh, so good. Um, Oscar be, Bianca that'll be Belair. A, that'll be an end of Edger's seat match for sure. It definitely will be. Um, Bianca Belair versus Oscar. I love that one. Um, I'm not thrilled at all about Charlotte versus Rhea. I'm just not. Rhea win? Uh, she has to at this point. If she doesn't, then I think people are going to be pissed for the simple fact that, oh my God, it's Charlotte Flair again. You know, I, yeah, we've seen sure. so much of her. Um, I'm not really very interested in the Becky Lynch, Lita, Trish Stratus versus Damage Control, which is Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Ira Shirai. Uh, I just, I, I could care less about that. I feel like that's more of an attraction match. The women's tag team division in WWE is not interesting. It's not captivating. And I think that's going to be a good match. Yeah, I, listen. The only reason they put the belts on on Becky and Lita was because the women's tag division is not compelling for viewers. It it's just not like if you go segment by segment, those are some of the lowest rated segments. I, I think this is an attraction. Let's go ahead and let's bring in two Hall of Famers. Throw Becky Lynch in there because let's talk about Becky for a second. Becky as she was. I don't want to say the word irrelevant because I think that's not fair, but when she became the man, right? I mean, we're talking 
I don't know if anyone was hotter in the industry, male or female, at that time when the man care when the man gimmick was going on. And then she left, and she came back. And I feel like the way they dressed her up and they repackaged her and they did these things, trying to stay fresh, right, with with her character, I don't think it worked. And her being a heel, I don't think worked. And I think now that she's a babyface and she's a tag team partner with Lita, I think moving Becky back to being a face is a good idea. Um, throwing Trish, that's completely just a money grab. But, I mean, let, okay, look at damage control, okay? So damage control is Bailey, who I think she's all right. Uh, on a scale one to ten, I give her a seven. Dakota Kai, yeah, oh yeah, seven is about as far as I'm going with her. Like, and and I feel like that might be also very generous. Dakota Kai, I think she's like a six and a half, and Iro Shirai is probably in that same category. Um, I think what they're going to try to do is the veterans are going to kind of really let the young ones try to get their spots. They're not going to do a title change on this. No matter how much they really want to push damage control, I mean, you're, you're not going to do it. I, I Why? They had the belts, and it was a snooze fest. So why go back to that again? I, I just don't feel like that's a very interesting... Bailey's the one who really holds her own in that faction. The rest of them are a little more than average. So six and a half is not a bad score, but Bailey being maybe seven, I'll maybe go seven and a half. That's it. Well, that's what we might have to agree to disagree on. Mike. Looks like we're just going to have to, we're going to have to, I mean, look, I, we all have our different reasons for believing it. Like, and I watched NXT with all of these women and I thought they were good in NXT. I think the problem why, me personally, I don't. I don't think they've transitioned well onto the main rosters. I think Bailey's been. Bailey has gotten the treatment that early on Natalia got hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. What is she? What isn't she? You know what I mean? Oh, well, she's she's just going to be you know that person who waves and is always happy, the hug me character. And then it changed, and then they dressed her up in more makeup, and they turned her into a Karen type of person. And it was just kind of like, I don't know if I, I like all this switching around. First we're high on her, now we're not. So it's it's that 50-50 booking when it comes to Bailey. Dakota Kai, I think she's really, really good, but I don't think Dakota Kai needs to be in a tag team. I think Dakota Kai would be great as a singles wrestler. And the same goes for Eero Shirai or Eero Sky. Um, I just don't like, I think when you have talent that are really good on their own and you put them in a tag team, you almost are decreasing their abilities. That's the cat. He wants water. Holy shit. I thought. I thought that was someone talking. No, he's yelling at me. He wants some water in his dish. Um, yeah, so I, that, that, that's my thoughts. Um, something I do want to get your opinion on, Bobby Lashley versus Bray Wyatt. Have you been following this recently? No. Okay. Um, there was some thought. Bray Wyatt has gone home. He has gone home. 
He was taken off the road and he's now going to be home. There are some people who are wondering what the hell is going to be happening with Bray Wyatt. But I'm taking my ball and going home. Like legit I don't, is in shit or... I don't necessarily think is that. Um, but we're going to go over to wrestling Inc. cause they have a really great thing here. So I'm going to read this article once again from wrestling Inc. Uh, WWE hall of famer Booker T believes that he knows why fans haven't exactly been connecting with the new Bray Wyatt character since his five months return. Wyatt's initial return was at extreme rules and people weren't that excited. Now he's only had one match on TV as well since he's come back and he feels like there's a big disconnect between the current Bray Wyatt and the WWE universe. This is what he had to say. I think it's due to the fact that they're trying to find new momentum for Bray and they're trying to recapture what he had before he left. Booker said Bray White was the man before he left. Now he's far from being that guy that he was before. He was selling merchandise, putting on certain kinds of matches. We're still trying to figure out what Bray really is. Booker T believes that Wyatt needs also to find some new momentum to make him different. He also believes the struggles lie in the fact that WWE doesn't really know what Bray Wyatt is anymore without his supernatural aspects. So part one of my question is this to you. Without this supernatural aspect of it, do you think that takes away a lot from Bray Wyatt? Oh, 100% it does. That was, that was his gimmick. Correct. So you don't think that when you repackage someone or you try to do something new with them. So like, okay, The Undertaker would be a good example. They took being supernatural and they made him a biker. Mm-hmm. Now, some people completely crap on the the biker aspect of it. Oh, they hated that. But some people really liked the American badass. It was his way of trying to redefine himself. Do you think that if Bray Wyatt isn't supernatural anymore, that they're really going to have to come up with something good? Or you're kind of like SOL when it comes to this guy. Um, The American badass gimmick, first off, just to backpedal a bit, was fantastic, just for the record. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um. With Bray, I don't know what's. I want to see him go back to the rock and chair, creepy swamp guy. I would. I want to see. I would agree. I don't want the the fire, fox fun guy, house guy, or anything else. Fire fox, whatever. Firehouse. Firehouse. Whatever the hell his name I was. I can't do this. <laughs> well, I can't. I can't. You, you don't know Budokan Hall. You don't know minutes. Tokyo Dome. No, I don't know the Tokyo Super Arena. No, I don't. Yep. Please continue. It's right next to the firehouse. Please continue with Bray Wyatt. Anyhow, I want to see him bring back swamp, creepy run chair swamp guy. I I think that could get over again. I really, really do. Uh, this thing with. Uncle Howie, Bo Dallas, nah, doesn't do much for me. That, uh, that I, I just that, don't find it entertaining. No, it's I'm, not. I'm not drawn into it at all. So for me, I would like to either they bring back Swamp Man, or they need to completely repackage like right start from scratch. Nothing like. He was like I'm talking name change, 
complete character. Make him Husky Harris again. Do you? Uh, do, we have never been on the same page ever in my mind. I literally was thinking that same exact thing. How about we bring Husky back? Obviously, I'm, I mean, I'm facetiously, but wow. Yeah. Like, uh, I just, I don't want to see them keep going at the Rick and because it's not entertaining. It, it's not. Let's be honest, it sucks. It's, and he's good. He's damn good. But it's, you're not entertained by him. It's not working. Right? Fans don't care. And the Mountain Dew match was so bad. That right? makes me not want to drink Mountain Dew. So if the whole concept was to push the product, first of all, I don't really drink soft drinks at all, but I really would not drink Mountain Dew after that. If it was like, hey, Mountain Dew is associated with this match. So if you love this match, you'll love our drink. Well, the match was the drizzling shits, and I don't want to drink poo water, so I'm not. So uh, I think that's what the route I will go. What do you turn him into? If you completely change change up his gimmick, I'm not sure. But I think it needs to be a drastic change from what he is now. It has because you're trying to repackage him. You're still keeping the supernatural, creepy gimmick going, just not working. So either go back to what worked, or it's got to be a complete overhaul, like something like that. You you can't keep tweaking little tweaks, little tweaks, because it's just it's too far gone at this point. Nobody's getting it. Nobody, nobody gives a damn. Yeah, I agree. And that's just that's it. It's no good. And you're never going to fix that gimmick that he has now. So I want to give you kind of an update here. So some people may or may not have gotten this. So I'm going to give you a little quick rundown. Despite rumors regarding Bray Wyatt's health and status within WWE, he is still reportedly slated to face Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania 39. Now, according to Dave Meltzer, the Wrestling Observer, um, it's still on. And the match expected to continue uh, the planning and the building up for it. Now, this is where speculation started. After Wyatt was not present on an advertised appearance at Madison Square Garden this past weekend, speculation began to ran rampant on social media and the internet as to whether or not there was some kind of creative disagreement between he and WWE. Well, on Monday, Fightful Select reported that his recent WWE absence was a result, according to WWE, as a physical issue, and there was no indication that he was unhappy or WWE was unhappy with him. Uh, Prior to the match between Lashley and Brock Lesnar at Elimination Chamber last month, Wyatt cut a promo on a recent episode of SmackDown about how he was wanting to target the winner of the contest. Now, Lashley did prevail by disqualification. That's why Wyatt subsequently got a buildup with him that's heading into WrestleMania. So I guess maybe that was the plan all along was to have those two get together. But I still think you you could have had the the ending, the trilogy of Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley because Lesnar couldn't get out of the hurt lock. He had to cheat. Obviously, we're seeing this guy starting to show cracks in the armor that he's not the most dominant beast there is. Mm-hmm. Is Bobby Lashley finally going to be somebody who really puts an end to, to this guy? But there also has been uh, rumors coming out from WWE that there is a good or a strong feeling, I should say, that Brock Lesnar is wrapping up his time with WWE. I think he's officially done with his contract, 
and WrestleMania should be it. So if that is the case, then maybe we're going to see Bobby Lashley, um, or I'm not, I'm sorry, almost go over him. But, um, before we end the show, I do want to talk a little bit about that match as well, because on raw, they really uh, screwed the pooch on a spot that really should not have been that hard. But, um, yeah, to, to wrap this segment up, I don't know what they're going to do with him. I mean, you often see wrestling companies when a guy was really, really hot and the guy's gone and the guy comes back, they, they think that they can just pick up where they left off but you have to understand wrestling fans evolve and they change, right? As much as they love nostalgia, they also need some level of variety as well. And I think what they tried to do with that uncle howdy thing, it didn't work out. So they said, well, shit, let's go back to firefly Funhouse." That really didn't work that well either. So you may see Bray Wyatt kind of take a little bit of a hiatus from the company. Um, until they determine what they're going to do with him going forward. I think we might not see him for, we might not see him over the course of the summer. That's just my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. Do you think that would be smart depending on how this WrestleMania thing turns out? Guess what? Let's shut it down for a while and let's you put yeah. him on ice until we know what we're going to do. It's a long time, Mike. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, you would shut him down for the summer. Some shut down for three months, four months. Uh, when you're that's your your peak touring for WWE, I would assume is your summer touring. No, it, it is, especially with after WrestleMania, they go on like a a ten day European tour typically afterwards. But if it's shitting the bed, I, I don't really know summer? how it's hurting the company if they they leave him off. Uh, that's a long time. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't go quite that far. Four months, that's a long time. Do the old school angle. He got hurt. He's injured. And then he comes back with a cast like Bob Orton did. Let's, let's do that. And he can wear a cast for the next nine years. Oh, Repackage him that way. You, you could. Well, okay, let's talk about this for a second. The person who was most closely associated with Bray Wyatt was Alexa Bliss. And this is coming out from Sports Kita. Alexa Bliss has addressed recent reports of her taking yet another break from WWE. She was last seen at the Royal Rumble where she lost to Bianca Belair in a match. Uh, the rumors are coming back out again that she's going to be taking yet another break from the company as well. So what's going on with Alexa bliss? You think in your opinion of why now all of a sudden we see that she's taking yet another break. Probably needs a break, like a, probably a mental health break and a physical break. Japan has turned on her, which doesn't help. It doesn't help, but I mean, so when, when you feel like you're hated by the fans, I'd want to get the hell away too. No, judging by the look on your face. You don't agree with me. No, not necessarily. I, I, I'm not saying I, I don't agree with you. I think the fans have, but think about this. Things really started to go sideways for her when she associated herself with Bray Wyatt and that stupid doll she carried around and that dumb jungle gym set that they put in the ring. Yes. And it was like Alexa Bliss should have been Alexa Bliss. And I know they were trying to do something new. And and everyone can sit back and say, oh, well, hindsight's twenty twenty. We, we, we know we shouldn't have put her with Bray Wyatt. However, we were trying to do something new. And I can't 
I can't fault them for trying to be new and try something different, but it didn't work. And now look what's happened. No one gives a shit about Alexa Bliss. No one gives a shit about Bray Wyatt. So at this at this point, is the product going to, to falter if both of them eventually get cut or get released? No. Mm, no. I mean, so I don't, I guess what I'm saying is I don't see the investment WWE should make in either character to keep them if this is clearly not going to work out for them. Why is Alexa Bliss not getting over? Great question. I mean, obviously people don't like the shit she's doing. I mean, they're not interested in her being creepy and goofy. I mean, what was her match? So she lost a match against Bianca Belair mm-hmm. for the Raw Women's Championship. Um, let me see if I can if I can pull up something here. Let me see if I can pull this up. Uh, here we go. I got it right here. Alexa Bliss taking a break from WWE. The full article from Sports Kita from just a couple of days ago. Alexa Bliss addressed the recent reports of her taking yet another break from WWE. She was last seen at the Royal Rumble, which I mentioned before, where she lost to Bianca Belair in a match for the Raw Women's Championship. Now, after the event, rumors started emerging saying that she'll be out of action for an unspecified amount of time. Now, the goddess would then put rumors uh, to rest by mentioning on Twitter uh, not to believe what they read on the internet unless it comes directly from her. She then clarified that reports at that point in time were not true. Now, in the latest edition of Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer reported that Bless is on another hiatus, though, so it is proven to be true, and that she'll be gone for a while. The former SmackDown Women's Champion once again took to Twitter to comment on it, stating that she is not on a hiatus, but that WWE is trying to find a way to use her. And this was a quote. Tired of seeing these tweets. I'm not on a hiatus. They know where to find me, she wrote. They know where to find me. That doesn't sound like it makes sense. She also reminded the WWE universe that she only sees, they only see parts of her life. She would then go on to say in a quote, also need to remember you only see what parts of my life. I want you to see. She wrote now could, could Alexa bliss show up at WrestleMania? Well, WrestleMania is the biggest uh, spectacle of the year in the world of sports entertainment. Anything is possible as far as her showing up. But as of right now, there is no plans or interest in bringing her in at this time. All right. So it comes out that she is taking time away from the company, right? That that was leaked. She then comes out and says, no, that's bullshit. Don't read what, don't believe what you read on the internet. And then all of a sudden we don't see her on TV for a long time. Meltzer then reports, yeah, per company, they got nothing for her creatively right now. And they're going to, maybe put her on ice for a little while. And then she comes back and says, I'm not taking a hiatus. The company knows to find me if they're looking for me. That doesn't sound right. Am I, am I just looking too deep into the tea leaves, but someone makes a comment. They know where to find me. Like what the hell is that? Well, she's not taking, maybe she's not taking a hiatus by choice. No WWE creatives got nothing for her. That's not her taking a hiatus by choice. Generally, when somebody's taking a hiatus, they're taking time off for whatever it would be. Holidays, mental health break, physical break. Who knows? So let me ask you this question. Do you feel like she is someone worth investing in long-term still? Yes. So you think that would be a mistake if she were to be cut? Yes. 
Would you be surprised if she was cut? No. Especially after WrestleMania. When they do I, their big yes. up. If she's going to get cut, that's when it's going to happen. I, well, that's my whole point, though. I mean, okay, let, let's just go with your theory that she's not actively choosing to be on a hiatus. But her quote says, uh, tired of seeing the words hiatus. I'm not on a hiatus. They know where to find me. That sounds like she's having some some issues from a creative standpoint. And I mean, let's be honest, Vince is now to some degree back in the fold. I mean, do not be surprised, you guys, that we, we should have a show. We should do a separate show, but where you and I sit down, we talk about just this is sad that I'm even saying this, but the releases, the post WrestleMania releases. We should do a show that just talks about what went wrong. Or did we see this coming? Because I'm telling you right now, I, I mean, this doesn't look good to me. No, I I can see her being cut. And but this is 100 percent from from what I get from the way you're saying it. She doesn't want to not be wrestling. She's not by choice. This Correct. is a don't know what the hell to do with you. So go home. We'll keep sending your paycheck. That's the feeling I get. Which, no, 100% of these two, a good chance come, what, middle of April or so? She's yeah. going to be released. The cuts usually come pretty quick after Mania. Right? We should totally do that show. That's all it is. Let's talk about the, the releases of this year. Yep. I'm in. Uh, how many do I think will happen? No, just we should do a show about it. Oh, absolutely, we should do a show about it. Absolutely. How many, how many releases are going to be? Uh, 16. I'll go 10. I just okay. completely made that number up randomly. I, I, yeah. Yep. No, I, I think it'll be good. It'll be really interesting. Um, not to rush this here, but obviously our backs are against the clock heading towards the 12 o'clock hour. I do want to talk about this also just really, really quickly. Um, Brock Lesnar quickly left Raw after his segment with Omos did not go very well. Now, this is from E-Wrestling News and Andrew Ravens. This week's episode of WWE Raw featured a face-to-face -face segment with Brock Lesnar and Omos, obviously leading up to their big match at WrestleMania. Now, when Lesnar got in the ring, he smiled at Omos before Omos raised his fist and started hitting Brock Lesnar in the face. Omos offered a handshake at one point, but Lesnar didn't want that earlier. Omos didn't stop there. So Lesnar stomped his foot and tried to break away. They got into the clinch. They started fighting. Omos was supposed to toss him over the top rope, uh, but that didn't happen. You can catch the clip on social media right now. He tried to throw him over the top rope, but he couldn't do it. And then they tried it a second time, and he finally went over. Now, Lesnar looked back to Omos, and officials ran down. Lesnar told him that he wasn't going to do anything before leaving, and Omos's music played. Now, PW Insider was reporting that Lesnar left the venue right after the segment was over, got into his car, and left the arena. He was going back to a private airstrip where his plane was there to fly him back to his home. Um, I don't know if you saw this. You could probably find this on YouTube or on Twitter or whatever social media. I, I, I Wrestlers hate it when fans use the word botched. 
so I'm going to not use that word. I'm just going to say it was an unplanned um, interaction that didn't go the way it should have. I don't think it's a huge deal. It doesn't look like it was a big deal. But, I mean, you could clearly tell, like, how it was supposed to be performed. And it didn't go that way. So then they had to do it again. And it finally worked the second time. I just don't know if, I mean, almost is the type of guy where it's like, well, you better use him now or there's no point, right? Because mm-hmm. you got him, so what are you going to do with him? And I almost feel like that's the same thing with Satnam Singh. Like, what the hell are you doing? You have this guy. What the hell are you going to do with him? But um, I don't think this is going to be a good match. I just don't. You okay. don't think it's going to be a good Freeland. I'm trying to leave hope. I'm trying to be positive. Stop being positive. I'm positive it's going to be the shits. It's. I think it's going to be rough. I think it's going to be rough. That is not going to be a good match. It's. No. It's going to be terrible. It's. That's going to be a perfect. Get yourself a snack and a beer break right there. Because you know it's going to be five six minutes. It ain't going to go longer than that. It's not going to be worth a damn. No. And if that's Brock's last match, he doesn't. He's not going to care. No, but he'd still be pissy though. He's he's a legend, and he, that's how his career is going to end. <laughs> Losing to almost at WrestleMania. Yeah, not good. Don't think I'd be happy if I was him. He deserves better. It'll be interesting. Um, I want to. I think we also should do this as well. Before we have our WrestleMania, we should we should throw the the um, let's do this our last show before WrestleMania. Okay, mm-hmm. I want us to pick the winner, which shouldn't be hard for all the matches. What's the finish, and how long do we think it's going to go? And so our show post WrestleMania, I want you and I to go down the scorecard and find out how accurate we were. Okay, I'm all in. Let's do it. Sounds good. Um, that's everything I got right now. Um, was there anything else that you had as far as what's happening in the world of wrestling or we covered the gamut? This was a good show. We're all over the place. We were, this was kind of like most weeks. It's a little here, a little bit there. I I was just about to say, how is that different? I mean, because our show should be sponsored by Adderall. Oh, 100%. Yes. 100%. No, that's it. Another good show. Uh, another fun Tuesday evening. And yeah, it's about a nothing, nothing really pressing on my mind when it comes to the world of wrestling. Um, but I guess the only thing is just to reiterate uh, what Ern said. You know, be good to your friends, be good to your family, tell somebody you love them, check in on your friends and everything and your family, and just just do better. Be good people. Every day is an opportunity to do a little bit better than what you did yesterday. And I think you should take that as an opportunity. And it's it's funny. The older you get, the, the more you start to realize, man, you know what? I did a lot of dumb shit when I was younger. I said a lot of dumb shit. I probably hurt a lot of people's feelings. That was unnecessary. But you know what? Everybody's going to make mistakes. And at the end of the day, just try to do a little bit better tomorrow than you did today. And if you can do that a little bit each and every day, I think you're going to slowly start to find yourself on a better path. And I think that's a philosophy that you and I both can get on board on. I mean, 100%. That, that's perfect. Just, just be good. Just 
Hey, and I, I'm the poster boy for saying and doing dumb shit. Because I did a ton of it when I was younger. Like, like, no, like, bad. I'm not trying to be funny for a change. Uh, I had my moments to where I'm not proud to admit I would not consider myself to be a good person when I was younger. Thankfully, I think I've grown up a little bit. I'm a little better of a person now. We've all been there to varying degrees. We've all said stuff or did stuff that no, we're probably a little ashamed of right now. Right? Or we should be, anyhow. And but it doesn't make you a bad person, though. Just for the record, does not make you a bad person. You did something stupid. You were a knucklehead at that time. Hopefully, you've you've smartened up and you've seen the error in your ways, and, and you're a little better right now. And if you're not, work on that shit. That's right. That's the right, Bubba. That's right. Um, with that being said, once again, guys, if you're enjoying this podcast, please make sure that you go ahead and tell a friend and say, hey, guess what? You know what? you got a couple extra hours or you're going for a long run. you training. Are you in the gym? Are you going on a business trip or a long car ride? Let them know about our podcast. You can find our podcast anywhere. Fine podcasts are made available. Once again, you can find us on Deezer. You can find us on Lisbon podcast page, radio.com, the mobile app, Spotify, uh, Anchor, you name it. We are out there as well. It's absolutely free. There is no subscription at all. You can go ahead and do that. Download that. You can go to our archives and find all of our other episodes. So if you want to start at the beginning, the very, very beginning, you can go there and work your all the way down. You can go through the interview years. You can go through the Mikey and Jerry time. You can go through the panel if you uh, if you so desire to. You can go to me and Rit, and then you can go to the current generation of me and the butt. So many different options to listen to the program. So many different personalities that have made this program so successful over the years. We are absolutely grateful for everyone who tunes in and listens. we got some great download numbers already for the month of March, and we're halfway through. And it looks like we're going to finish strong on there as well. So with that being said, I am Mike Freeland for executive producer The Rit, who is also the host of a fantastic podcast called the pesky podcast if you're into baseball spring training and the boys of summer you're going to want to check out the pesky podcast which is available again anywhere fine podcasts are made available if you're a big fan of the boston red sox he focuses a lot on the red sox but he covers a lot of other teams as well he's got roving reporters covering all different things for major league baseball and there's giveaways as well so you're not going to want to miss that as well if you like the freebies all right with that being said for the butt i am mike freeland thank you so much for tuning in another episode of the front row material brand my name is mike freeland and if you're looking for an exciting wrestling podcast to add to your library then look no further than the front row material brand don't miss it it's the front row material brand brought to you by the mlw radio network